Yo, sorry for the technical difficulties. Um, just wanted to get the rules up. Okay, I'm just gonna start accepting people. The the basic topic for today. You know, I woke up today working, and I feel like just learning more about people in the community and what motivates people to be in this space, what gets people excited, what makes people worried. It's just cool to get that out and, and hear more because I think a lot of people hear me talk all the time and what gets me excited, but I want to just uh, make sure I understand and everyone can understand each other better. So I'll start letting people up. Um, let's go. I think function requested, but then he unrequested, but whatever. Okay. What's up, guys? What's up, Frank? What's good? Yo, yo. So maybe it started off with, like, what – let's just start, you know, whoever wants to go. What got you into NFTs? Like, why are you here? Try to keep it pretty short. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'll jump in. I'm a early Solana adopter, kind of followed the ecosystem. I uh, was a little skeptical about NFTs in the beginning. Uh, I was a price acting action day trader before being in crypto, and so the idea of, like, investing in something and, you know, watching its price – you know, discovery was exciting to me, and um, I minted a couple projects and made, like, ridiculous returns. That's, like, the truth. I minted a DGen Ape and, you know, made, like, 50x on my investment and kind of fell in love right off the bat and uh, just jumped into a bunch of other projects. And in the beginning at that time, you know, SMBs, Thugbirds, all, like, all those projects, like, just made crazy money. And so I kind of fell in love with that, but then... Um, Yo, by the way, the rules of the space, by the way, just expect to get cut off because I want to ask follow-up questions as soon as they come into my head. So, Brad, follow-up. You made you made some bags, you know, early on. What made you stay versus leaving? Is it to continue to get more bags? Has, has, it, has any of your approach changed? Yeah, totally. So, like, with uh, like I've become, like, just a fan of the, like, monkey community specifically, D-Gods community. There's other communities that, like, I kind of fell in love with, like. Why? Like, why those communities? <clears throat> Uh, because the people gave a shit, you know, like most other communities, I think like everyone was trying to make a bag. I got dumped on by a couple of guys that were like, kind of my, like trying to be my friends and they, you know, they're like, Oh, buy this project, buy this project. And then like instantaneously like dump, they were dumping on me. But like the guys both in like couple communities, like, you know, like the DAA. Can you define give a shit? Like when you say, and by the way, I'm sorry if this no. is like an putting way to do it. I just think you'll keep it. Keep it moving. Um, you, you define give, give a shit like you said. Those communities give a shit. What does that mean? They care more about just making a bag. They care about like what the project means for the ecosystem. They care about Solana in general. They care about blockchain. They care about crypto. They care about onboarding the next you know couple million people into the space. So they're not just simply like self. They're they're not just like selfish. Like they're own. And when you define community, do you mean, like, people that you talk to on Discord, Twitter? Like, where, where are you talking to them? And have you gotten closer to any of those people? Um, uh, to, you know, Discord, uh, probably the closest I've got to people is, like, in small Discord groups, small Twitter groups, and some Telegram groups. Like, that's been the – like, there's some big groups I'm a part of. I haven't I really built, like, that many social friends, but I've made some really close friends in this space. I came in with a really close friend, a Florida man, goes by Zach.Soul now. He kind of onboarded me to this deal. But then, like, you know, met guys and, and were able to, like, build, I think, pretty meaningful relationships. Have met a lot of people in person. I live in an area in South Florida where there's a lot of people in crypto. So I've had a lot of interactions in person with people. 
And uh, okay, awesome. And uh, last thing here, and then again, pretty savage space here. Just gonna keep it rotating. Thank you for that. But really quick, any advice for people? Um, and keep it keep it brief on how to find those like closer group friends and uh, you know more tight knit tight knit groups. Yeah, just like guys who are like. Uh, <clears throat> posting like meaningful content, like sliding in their DMs and asking questions and, you know, guys that are like shilling a project, but like have real reason behind it. They're not just like blindly shilling something that like, you know, function bought, you know, or like you bought or something like that. They're like, I, I talked to somebody, I did some research. That's been like my best suggestion for people. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Summarizing there, it just seems like you're attracted to people that give a shit in this space. And then, you know, that has created a great network effect for you because you give a shit and that just creates awesome attraction. So I love hearing that. Thank you so much, Brad. M- moving you down, you know, I love you. Um, and then, okay, anyone want to, anyone want to go next? Yeah, I'd love to, Frank. Please, Moisha, you have an interesting story. So yeah, go, uh, what, what got you in NFTs? And, uh, you know, yeah, that maybe the start there. Yeah, uh love technology, got into Ethereum and then into blockchain. I am fascinated by the applications that we could build onto blockchain, decentralizing it, making uh more accessibility. The idea what was that the was a thing that got you into like what, like what was the first blockchain thing that you were like, Oh shit, this blew my mind or oh this is possible? Um like what was that specifically? Building applications on top of Ethereum. Well, like applications, um, pretty broad. Like, like, was it like an NFT thing? Was it like a DeFi? Like, what, what, what was it? it? It was, it was the idea of how many things can be built. The, okay. the idea of the future. Okay, and what you know, what changed since you first got in? Uh, so many more companies are getting into it. More, uh, a lot of bullish indicators that my initial ideas of it are correct. That it, it will be the future seeing more money coming into it, more powerful people, and, and more and selfish, things being developed. And selfishly, like, uh, what what are you trying to get out of this space? Or what are you like, – are you investing in stuff? Are you, like, just interested? Like, what, what uh, what's your kind of personal thing? Yeah, so I think that this is bigger than the Internet. I want to get into it at the beginning. I want to use this great technology to help people, obviously make money through it, and uh, change the world, be a part of a revolution. Awesome. Thank you so much, Moishi. Moving you down. You're the best. You know, I love you. Um, okay, who wants to go next? Yo, I can hop in. Um, what got me in? Uh, I had an IRL buddy who basically told me you can make money flipping, flipping JPEGs. And so I took some Dogecoin profits and kind of put it in NFTs. Started on, uh, started on ETH and then like came over to Seoul right after DAA. Yeah, I fucking love that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, so you got into DA. <laughs> so no, I just love it, dude. Got the Dogecoin profits from taking that straight to JPEGs. Love it. Um, I, I got cool. in right after DA. Like, my first mint was Geckos, and then Miracats was, like, kind of, like, where I started out at. And were there any points where you felt like, fuck this, you want to leave, or has it just been fun or exciting for you the whole time? I think after seeing, like, the profits that could be made, it was fun regardless. But I think, like, what kept me and continues to keep me is, like, the people that you meet in the space. Like, we talk to these people online more than we talk to uh, a lot of people IRL. So it's pretty easy to, like, get connections with these people. And so let's just say, uh, so, because we hear that all the time, like, what's the deepest or the coolest story or relationship you form just through the Twitter shit? Um, I mean, I went to LA with like a group of 16 tios and we, we rented an Airbnb in Malibu and stayed for like four days and went to the stone date party, uh, went to like the champion gecko party. Um, but yeah, like met all those guys in IRL and like, I hate like 
I'm in like a hundred Discord servers, and I hang out in one Discord, and that's like that Discord alone, strictly for the community. So, so wait, tell us more. Here's a good way to put it. Like, do you feel like the value of that trip? And again, no judgment, judgment free zone. Like the value of that trip and meeting those people. Is that something that you cherish? Is that something that was just like a cool moment? Like, tell us a little bit more about how that felt. No, I definitely cherish it. I mean, all of us like took profits from NFTs to like pay for the trip. Like, I met I met a buddy from Australia who came. I met someone from Germany. Uh, I met someone from the UK. So it was like people were flying out from everywhere, kind of just to meet each other after spending so many months talking to each other online. So it was like a really sweet and unique experience. Okay, I'm the last question to you, Sean. Um, you've obviously been building an audience, participating a lot on like the Twitter side of the ecosystem. Is that like something that you, is that like something you're looking to do something with in the future or is it just for shits or like do you have a bigger plan or idea or t- tell us more? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I haven't really like thought about making it uh, a thing for a while. I mean, I have an IRL job that's nine to five, so it's kind of just for fun for right now. Um, there's definitely a chance I'd, I'd try to like make it more of something in the future. Um, just like keep interacting with people and being present in these is like, and consistency is really key. Uh, but as of right now, no, like I haven't monetized anything or anything like that. So it's kind of just fun. I know I said it was last question, but I'm just curious about more. Um, you have your nine to five job. Do you enjoy that nine to five job or is it something you're looking to get out of? Uh, it's at a startup and I actually really enjoy it. So sick. No, that makes a lot of sense. Awesome. Yeah, because I noticed this pattern, too, where there's different types of people. Some people, like, really just want to, like, basically get the fucking Lambo, quit their job, etc. And then there's other people that enjoy what they're doing on their day-to-day, and then usually in tech, and then this is just, like, an extension of that. Um, if you don't mind asking, what, like, industry sector is the startup in? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, gaming-related. We host tournaments online, so it's, like, a tournament platform provider. And do you feel like the stuff you do in NFTs has translated in any way to your, uh, you know, what you do IRL um, with your 9 to 5 that has made it better, worse, whatever? Totally. Uh, I mean, we've hosted, like, tournaments for, like, Suteki and, like, a few other NFT uh, projects. So it's it's definitely, like, an overlap. And I, I talked to my boss and my CEO about NFTs and stuff and, like, got them trading, essentially. So it's, it's oh, that's fucking awesome. Hand. I did not know. That's actually the dopest shit today. That's cool. Yeah, my CEO is like 52 and like out trades me on a bunch of shit and gets lucky. <laughs> so you're you're like networking in Web3 kind of has led to you even just like getting more opportunities like to be more valuable to your company in Web in Web2. Yeah, absolutely. It's fucking sick, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Sean. I do want to go to Galloboob, aka Rob next. People that don't know, uh Galloboob, I've been a fan for a while cuz I've been on Reddit for a long time and uh, he you know for a very long time was the number one like poster on Reddit got the most karma, and so I don't know if we've talked on voice yet, but maybe like very briefly on the youth stuff. But what what the fuck is up, Rob? How'd you get an NFTs? My dude, first of all, thank you for that actual introduction. Yeah, that's the first time we talked. I've been on a lot of your spaces, and I'll keep it short. There's a fuck ton I want to talk about, but it's been wild for me, man. You know, I'm a Web two maxi. Came from Reddit. I kind of broke the platform. Went too hard on Reddit. I'm I'm like I operate on you know imaginary points. So I went and got the most amount of imaginary karma points you can get on Reddit. I think 37 million points over like five years of growing communities, grinding content, you know, tapping into the media cycle. I made so many fuckers viral from scratch just by finding them in some remote corners online, posting them, packaging them correctly. The next day they were on like, you know, 
these local news station and today America and today whatever. So it was wild as far as the experience. Oh, right, follow up because I'm just so fascinated already. I have to ask <laughs> follow up. What, what do you feel? Is there any key differences between going viral on Reddit and Twitter or is it like the same principles that have always been true? Like talk a little bit about that. That's a good question. A complicated one, too. Uh, Reddit's algorithm is different because you're tapping into communities. So you're not a publisher. You're just posting to a community. In, on Twitter, you do have an audience. So you're a publisher in a way. And the algorithm is way too different. But the difference is that it's easier to go viral on Reddit because, A, you don't need an audience. You can be an anon fucker and just still, you know, tap into the front page. But, B, you know how to care and talk the language that these communities are speaking from packaging the content, you know, to, to what content it is, what angle to adopt. So it is about understanding communities and not really pandering to them, but integrating them because they're going to call you out if you pander. Reddit is, is vicious. Oh, yeah, 100 yeah. percent. Subreddits like there's like that little inside like language and all these things that definitely play. I guess here's the best question for this NFT based audience here. What do you think most people are doing wrong, like with content in uh, in crypto, especially in NFTs? Yeah, I think it's easy to fall into these metas in this space. So you notice like the whole space is acting on one meta. So there would be these, I mean, right now we're kind of in a free mint meta, but we're getting out of it. We're getting into the small collection meta. And I'm not talking about legit projects, but like the general degen shit that you see running every day. Yeah, people are tapping into these metas, hoping they can ride instead of, building something they believe in and you know shooting their shot so i wouldn't say it's uh, it's not as black and white as, as i make it out to be but i think right now the space is still very small so these matters affect the general um, decision making you know because i wake up one week and i'm like wait what the hell is going on no more free mints oh we're back on like ai generated 500 collections that are running for the past past few days it is confusing but that makes me feel like the space is small. Once we're scaled, and like I mean really scaled, these metas will become more segmented like you would see on Reddit. You know, like a different subreddit has different metas. Right now, we're like a one fucking subreddit called Web3. Dude, this is fucking fascinating. Okay, so next one, follow up. I, I, there's 50 people requesting right now, so but I, I'm going to be here for at least another hour or two. So please, if you're waiting to talk, relax, because if I'm... Curious about something, I'm just going to keep dr drilling and asking more. Okay, so wh why do you think NFTs never took off on Reddit? Oh, dude, it, like, no jokes. They were taken, like, take, they kind of took off or started to take off last week, like right now. So there's a subreddit called Avatar Trading. Just go check it out, Avatar Trading. Reddit introduced um, a way for you to buy their avatars, their new avatars, and they kind of made a, a whole program. It, it, it was early, you know, it's still very early but it's working and it sparked last week so what happened was you can create as an artist you can create three different versions of their reddit avatar uh, the reddit snoo that alien thing so you do three different versions each one is a collection one is like let's say 100 the other one is 500 the last one a thousand pieces whatever for now that's the format Dude, As fucking alpha drop right here, Rob. Let's <laughs> fucking go Holy shit. so so is this uh sponsored by reddit or somebody on reddit made it and it's taken off no, this is 100% Reddit. Uh, oh, shit. Made oh, by Reddit shit. <laughs> <laughs> with the fucking alpha drop. Reddit NFTs. That's sick. Because I always wonder that, man. Like, even crypto, it just felt like there was this feeling where, you know, for me, I would always, like, Google. Like, you know, I'm, I think a lot of people do this. You search something on Google and you just put Reddit right after. But then whenever you do anything crypto-related, you, you knew you were just getting the most dog shit information because 
I don't know why there was always just the lowest con- common denominator information on like our cryptocurrency, our Bitcoin, stuff like that. What do you think about that segment of like the, the Bitcoin stuff? Why do you think that never became uh, like a thing or why it ended up being so low quality? Dude, holy shit. I love your questions. Like I've met so many journalists in my time. And your questions are hitting hard. So, yeah, the crypto audience on Reddit was vibrant, still is. It grew. But not the NFT one. I think the NFT just got, like, the NFT discourse on Reddit got a bad rep. It was really hard to start a conversation, dude. You, you get dragged so easy. But with that shift lately, what Reddit did, instead of selling them NFTs, they sold them profile pictures on Reddit. You buy one profile picture, let's say made by Frank. It has a hat, uh, uh, like a body, shoes. You can use these to customize your own NFT or profile picture. You can't... You, Probably you will mint it down the line, but for now it's it's a, just a Reddit profile picture. So they're selling you an NFT base with different items that you can mix and match, and they're keeping it internal. It's like a snoo culture, you know. Instead of being like, "Yo, like we're selling apes now," so that managed to create some small community, but such an active one. And what happened was, I know like two two three artists. One is Tyler Fust. His collection, if you go, I think you type in Fustling, Fustling. Or, yeah, I'll DM me, I'll link you. But so him and another guy, their collections hit an all-time high of like six ETH this week. There was a sale on Fust's collection for six ETH last night. So with that came attention and talks. And now the subreddit is surging. People are like, what I can sell, I can buy, and I can actually make a profit. And they created a lot of meme behind it. You know, the meme culture. Bro, this is fucking crazy. This is fucking crazy. All right, Rob, I'm, I mean... I could ask you a lot, and we might even I just know. do a space on this because this is actually fascinating. I'm on the, the subreddit right now. Um, this is really cool. Maybe the last thing here, I think I'm going to ask a lot of people this. What is your selfish reason for being in this space, and what are you looking to get? Um, and no judgment, judgment-free judgment zone. Everyone here is for a, their own fucking reason, so the more people that talk about it, the better we're all going to get with transparency. So super curious. Love it. So in a nutshell, I'm just addicted to dopamine, dude. I like grinding points on games or online forums. I did it all my life. Ended up working. Like every forum I tapped into, I stood out in good or bad ways because sometimes you don't want to stand out on Reddit. But the point is I just like understood the culture, the, 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 the community, and I genuinely wanted to play along. And I did. End of the day, these are karma points, whatever forum points. In crypto, it was bridging, networking, meeting people, making profits actually getting some proper alpha, getting burned and learning. And in a way, that dopamine went from, you know, imaginary talking points on Reddit to actual real tangible aspects of Web3, from meeting people like you, motherfucker. <laughs> you know how happy I was. Yo, yeah, like, yeah. So that okay, was awesome. Yeah, awesome, translated, Rob. basically. Dopamine thank, translation. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, man. You're the fucking legend. I can't, can't believe I have to do this. I'm removing I know you probably I love you, leave, bro. but love you, bro. Okay, awesome. I think um, let's go. Let's go with uh, Patty next. Also, if you're not raising your hand, bro, you're gonna get booted. So let me see. I'm looking at you. What up, Frank? All right, you know the question. So, what got you in NFTs? And again, because I, I know you have a crazy story, Patty. So keep it brief. And then, what's what has been the most biggest thing that's changed since you first got into today? Um. All right. First NFT minute was Avax Apes on Avax Chain. I wanted to be super early. Oh, I, I fucking remember that. those. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. My bad. That's crazy. Yeah, I just wanted to be super early to something, and they actually took off and mooned. I bag held. I still have 60 of them. First Solana NFT was the Caveman Club. I still have all nine of them. 
And what's changed since when you got into today? Um, well, first off, uh, I've learned a lot. I've learned that, um, you know, don't click. If someone's acting like they are the NFT project in Discord, don't just send them your money because I got rugged my first uh, go around. Um, I think the, the space has drastically changed. And I think bear markets is when you actually really get to see uh, the growth. If, if people have noticed in the last month, projects are actually maintaining above their mint price. Um, people aren't falling for the same, you know, bullshit Ponzi uh, next shiny thing. They're actually like doing research and stuff. Um, when I first came in a year ago, um, you know, there was just like you would just kind of like mint everything and end up, you know, within two months being poor from that. Um, for me, the only thing from a year ago that I minted that substantially grew is D gods. Okay, and last thing here, you, you, I know we've spoken before, so you've been in crypto for a while. You've been through a bear market already. Is there any so far, we're just starting probably this bear market, is there any differences or is it basically the same shit? No, it's extremely different. So in 2017, crypto was extremely speculative. Um, you didn't see like a bunch of celebrities in it. You didn't have NFTs. You didn't have, bro, we were on Reddit, like my man was talking about. We weren't on spaces you know, holding each other's hands. You weren't talking to the devs. Also, in 2017, it was the ICO craze, and uh, there was no emotional attachment to coins. You didn't, like, with NFTs, bro, you can see, like, when the founders are dumping on you. It's, like, very obvious. You know, with liquidity pools and, like, you know, mainly, like, Binance, you didn't know when, like, these motherfuckers were dropping two, $300,000. You thought it was just, oh, the bear market. But it's like, no, dude, you're, you're literally the uh, exit liquidity for these, like, fake ICOs. Also, um, there was no establishment. So like when we were in the bear market, we thought we were going to zero. Now we've had institutional money. We've had ETS with Bitcoin. We've had substantial growth. So it's just kind of more like, oh, to me, it's just maybe it's my second, third round, but I'm more just chilling, waiting to, to see like the upside versus, dude, I was shitting my pants the first time around. Okay. Here's the last one. Cause it's interesting with you specifically, cause I know you, um, you, you obviously like started out and you bought this fucking sick ass IC God back in the day. And now you've become basically like an influencer slash like influential voice in the space. Um, did you expect this? Were you planning for this or did this happen naturally? And then where are you planning to take it in the future? All right. So no, not at all. I'd never planned for this. Uh, people faded me forever. I used to scream D gods back in the day and I would get attacked by other NFT projects. Um, I had like 300 followers. The thing is, once that floor starts rising, people think you actually are smart and have something to say. So it kind of started. And then, you know, I kind of think I caught my groove. It's kind of like, you know, if you want to uh, get good at riding a bicycle, you got to fall down a lot and scratch your knee a lot. But if you don't give up and you keep getting on that bike, all of a sudden people are going to be like, yo, this guy knows how to ride this bike. And I want to learn how to ride this bike. Um, so, you know, it's cool. It, it, it has been lucrative and I, I have a lot of fun with it. Um, and you know, like the future for me, th this is mainly a hobby that I truly enjoy. Um, I, I work, I, I'm a, a director at a, a substance abuse treatment center. A lot of people know my background with recovery and shit. So like, that was always kind of like what fit for me. It was like the one thing in life where fucking up for 12 years, um, turned around and it, it it's the same thing with NFTs, right. And, and somewhat influencing. So like, yeah, this I is like help. a wild, this might be a wild comparison, but I guess like, and you can shut it down immediately, but is there any parallels you see between like, 
you know, addiction, substance abuse, that kind of thing, and, like, this ecosystem? And also there might not be, but just curious. 100%. So, like, in recovery, like, the way you stay clean is someone came along with more clean time, and they had a story that related to yours, and you believed them, so you did what they did. Same thing with, like, influencing and NFTs. So, like, people see, oh, this guy bought D-Gods when they were, like, super undervalued, and he might know something about, you know, like, trends or, like, what hits. So, you know, people tend to follow the same way in recovery where it's like, oh, you know, we talk about the second step. It's hope, having, uh, hearing other people's experience. So you can do the same thing in this space. Dude, people message me all the time. I'm down terribly. I want to give up. Um, it's my fourth rug this month. I'm like, pro, I lost a ton of money before I ever, you know, hit something. And dude, I haven't sold a D God. So like, like who knows, like, you know, like on paper I'm up, but. I'm still holding. It's not like I, t- I take profits. Awesome. Um, thank you so much, Patty. Appreciate you. you Before know, I, love I go, you, you said yeah, no sure. shilling, but I want to let everybody know. Buy a D-God, buy a tube, and buy dust. I love you all. God damn it. He did it. Um, thank you, Patty. You know I love you like a brother, and your story, for people that don't know, is super fucking inspiring. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. Okay, let's go with uh, Craze next. What's up, man? Hey, man. How you doing? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Um, tell us, got, what got you in NFTs, and uh, what's changed since you first got in for you? Yeah, so I dropped out of school last year with, like, nothing. I had no income source or anything, but before NFTs, I used to make money online from, like, growing Instagram accounts and stuff like that. Um, and then I did e-commerce and dropshipping for a bit, and then I met a mentor, or I met a guy who ended up becoming my mentor. He used to go to my school. He was a couple of years above, and he was into crypto, and um, I was like, look, I've got really low capital, and I I want to invest in crypto. What should I get into? He was like, try out NFTs. He said, try out Solana NFTs specifically because of the gas fees. So I was like, I tried them out, fell in love, and I've never really looked back since. Awesome. And uh, what's changed? Like, has you have you had anything changed since you first got in mentally, or just like your yeah, yeah, definitely. I think my whole mentality's changed. Like, it's changed my whole life really. Like every everything I think about, like now, it's just. I'm completely on my grind. Like I'm being really consistent. Um, also, just connections. You know, I didn't have any connections, and I was always looking for connections before. Like I was looking for like people who were successful that I could speak to. You know, everyone, everyone in my area, we sort of just we used to obviously like, smoke weed and just mess about. Um, and I'm a boxer what, in real life, so I was what, what kind of connections have you made? Like, if you could give some specifics to help people understand, like what's the specific connection you made that's helped you tangibly? Definitely Wake and Arch. Um, I think both of them are in the space. Uh, they're both part of my agency, uh, the ATH Labs I founded. And, uh, like, Wake especially helped me right at the start of the agency, build it up. Because, obviously, I've, I've never built up a full-on business before. Like, I've tried with a few different things. Um, but he really helped me build it up. Obviously, being, at the time, quite new into Web3, I was only in it for about a year when I was building it up. Um, he really helped a lot. So, definitely Wake, Arj as well. It's been great to have Arj on the team. And he's helped a ton with all our clients and, and just building up the How did you meet them? Account. So I met Wake through a small DAO called Polymath DAO. And, and what made you get into Polymath DAO? Um, I can't even remember how I got into it now. I think I just joined an invite that Vinny posted, who's the founder of Polymath DAO. And then Arj I met because I applied for a job with uh, OK Bears Coral DAO as community manager. And um, I was like, yeah, I'll do it all for free for you guys. I'll do as much as you want for free just so I can work with you guys and obviously get to know you guys and build up connections. And that's how I met Arj, because he was the one who interviewed me for it, because um, he's the founder of uh, Coral Dow. And that's how I met him, and now we're working together with my agency, so yeah. That's fucking sick, man. So you basically 
reached out to somebody because you're new to the space, did work for free, and then now you guys end up starting like a business together. Yeah, man, exactly. I'd say to anyone like on here, um, never be like worried to offer free work, like even for mentorship and stuff. I always recommend this to anyone. This was helped me a lot to get like mentors and stuff. Always reach out and just say, yeah, I'll offer any free work. These are my skills. Um, all I'm asking for is a bit of advice and stuff, and that's helped me a ton because some some of the advice and some of the people that you could meet are like are like worthless or priceless or whatever. So just definitely be be. But here's the thing, Chris. Let me well. throw this back to you too because it might be help people in the audience too. You know, a lot of people will ask me and they they'll say they want to do like free work, for example. But like, what do you think separated you? Was it maybe because ours wasn't getting a lot of inbound, or did you say something specifically that made it really compelling for them to actually let you get started and, and start doing some work? Um. I think I was on the space where they announced that um, they were looking for a community manager. And then obviously I applied and I knew NF Finks before. He was the founder, uh, the, the co-founder of OK Bears Corridor. And I've, I've been in a few spaces with him. So I think Finks recommended me. And then me and I was just hopped on the call. And I was just like, he was like, oh, what, what do you expect in commission? Do you expect whitelist or anything? I was like, no, nah, I just, I want to do it for free just so I could work with these sort of people and, and get to know them and, and just be around these uh, kind of like successful people um oh. and yeah it changed my life completely like those sort of connections that i met in there and in different um dials i've been in completely changed my life so yeah i'd always say just don't ever be afraid to offer free work for to, to just build connections because awesome. you've got to lose thank you so much crazy fucking love you man appreciate it I'm, I'm gonna move you down one thing i want to just add there real quick because i think this is something i could comment on just a little bit a lot of people will hit me up and say, like, hey, I want to get started. I want to do some free work for you guys, et cetera. And the thing is, if you're reaching out to someone that's getting just blasted in DMs or has a hard time, honestly, the only mindset that I can recommend, and it's not the warmest or kindest one, it's just, like, you have to just be willing to do, like, shit, tweet it, and then expect nothing in return. But I can tell you for a fact that we've hired so many people because they tweeted out what they did, and there's no way I would have seen it through my DMs. Um, the most famous, famous, famous example is a Kryptonite who ended up starting out Blocksmith Labs. His start really was he made this map for the D-God holders where he showed, like, he literally coded and built this fucking map. Um, no, didn't ask me about it, didn't ask anybody, and it just, like, let D-God holders, uh, you know, put their pin on the map. And when I saw that on Twitter, like, how do I not fucking respond to him, you know? Like, how do I not uh, go talk to him because he just he just did it. Another big example of exactly this is um, NFT Marty, the guy that ended up starting Zion Labs. He flew a fucking plane at, at, at Miami um, in Miami earlier this year for Bitcoin Miami that said, who the fuck is Frank um, over like the Board Ape Yacht Club event. And it literally had a sign that said that. And I, and I was in Miami at the time. So I was like, fuck, I got to meet this guy. Those are like two very crazy examples, obviously. But um, I think the point is this is a permissionless space. And so if you're working with someone smaller, yeah, the DM route might work. But if you have really high ambitions and want to work with, uh, like, bigger and bigger projects, sometimes you have to go crazy. And I'm sure there's been a lot of people that have done crazy things that just didn't show up on my timeline or I just didn't see. Hopefully people understand there's no hard feelings there. And, and you get out of those experiences whatever you put in. So if you go and do a lot of work and you don't get recognition, that doesn't mean that that work was wasted. It actually just means that you're better now because you got the practice in and, and you did some shit. So – I don't think anyone should be afraid of just, like, doing things with no permission in this space. Okay, rant over. Sorry, this is about you guys. Um, let's go to Linksy next. What the fuck is up, baby? Yeah, how are we, Frank? No questions to me, sir. Um, <laughs> what, how'd you get into NFTs? How'd you get into NFTs? And uh, what, what, what's changed since you first got in? Mm, so, um, short story is um, a mate kind of, like, told me about them 
early last year. I kind of faded them initially. Um, and then I kind of saw them pumping. I was like, okay, I like money. Um, <laughs> let's try and make some money. And then I minted a couple NFTs on ETH, but I kind of realized, like, fuck, I'm not paying the gas fees on ETH. And so um, another friend kind of suggested to me, like, oh, if you're in NFTs, look at Solana. And then, yeah, from there, I just got into Solana NFTs. Well, let's get really specific because I've been there. I've seen part of the come up of Linksy. I think I did see the literal come up of Linksy. Um, <laughs> you, you, you meant to tribute, uh, what was it, the, um, you know, Uga, Uga. Bunnies. Uh, yeah, the tribute bunnies. bunnies. Tribute Bunnies. What was that? How'd you mint it? And then, dude, what, what was your experience with that? Yeah, I actually, I don't remember how I found Tribute Bunnies. I think it might have just been like a function tweet on the timeline back then because there really wasn't many influencers, you know. There was a very, very handful. And um, I think I saw him tweet it. And then I joined this, like, Telegram chat, which is, I think, funny when you think about how early the space was. You got Discords now and stuff. It was just this Telegram chat with just, seven like, 7,000 or so people in it. And it was just nonstop, like, 24 hours a day, just people spamming this Telegram chat with, like, voice notes and, like, shitty GIFs and stuff. And that was how I found Trippy Bunnies. And then I was like, dude, this community is so funny. I'm 100% buying in because the voice notes and shit, I just loved it. I was like, yeah, I'm buying in. And then I just held to Valhalla and then back to zero. And now we're going for Valhalla again. Well, follow-up there is I remember pretty distinctly that, like, Function would – you were, like, on your influencer fucking grind. I think I remember tweets like, Linksy, I'm getting this account to 5,000 followers or some 1,000 followers or something like that. What made you want to do that? Like, what made you want to start building an audience on this platform? And then I've also noticed you've taken time off, come back, like, kind of walk us through that journey of really wanting to fucking grind and, and get a following and then maybe slowing down on that. And now you seem like an old, because I know you're a young guy, but you tweet sometimes like you're an old fucking man, like war battle, you know, war torn, like, yo, I've seen everything. Like, but just tell us in as brief a way as possible what the fuck that, that whole journey was for you. Yeah, I think... Initially, honestly, I kind of just wanted to pump the number for, like, the sake of saying I pumped the number of my following. I don't think I ever had a specific goal in mind initially, and I'm not going to, like, pretend I was like, I wanted to be this savant. I wanted to, you know, save the ecosystem or do this. I kind of just was like, I wonder how high I can get the number. But then I think the higher the number got, and um, I think the more responsibility it came with, like, with the things I said and, like, what I did, um, I kind of stopped enjoying it as much. I was like, fuck. Every time I tweet, I have to, like, make sure, like, am I tweeting something that could damage people financially? Like, could it, you know, give people the wrong information? And then that's kind of when I was, like, I'm not really enjoying it as much. And I kind of slowed down from tweeting and, like, we're still trading and behind the scenes. But I kind of stepped away, yeah, from, like, that active, like, sort of grind. But I think now... And how I'm crazy approach... is it for you to see... Oh, fuck, my bad. Well, go, go. <laughs> no. and, and I think now... Continue. <laughs> yeah, I think now, like, I'm I'm more in a place where I think I've had long enough to observe what other people do and what um, other people kind of in the culture are all right with. And, like, there's more defined boundaries now, so I'm happy to kind of, like, get back on, like, the wag me, the wag me vibes in a bear market type stuff. Okay, and how crazy is it for you to see how, like, because I think you were one of the earliest people on the true engagement farm meta of just, like, you know, I'm pumping the fucking follower number um very publicly and now that's become like kind of the standard with nft inspect all that stuff it, it seems like you're pretty removed from all of that at this point um what was the mo was there like a specific moment that led to that switch up for you or was it just gradual over time yeah honestly uh there was one very specific moment where i said holy shit 
I hate where this space has gone. Um, <laughs> to be bearish and a bit of a boomer sentiment. Um, I love Solstice, but there was one one down the timeline where, like, about eight months ago, I was like, I think the market's looking very bearish. The like the global economy is like receding. Things aren't good. And I remember him like replying, and he called me like jaded and out of touch or something. And for me, that was like, damn. I don't like this space anymore, but I think at the same time it was a nice it was a nice wake up call too, that he kind of like made me think about like publicly how negative I was being because obviously it has a big influence when you have a platform, but at the same time I was like fuck, there's so much debate now around people's opinions. Awesome, um, thank you so much, Lacey. Appreciate it. And then speaking of pumping the numbers, if you guys are enjoying, I'm moving you down, Lacey. Love you, brother. Um, people that don't know Lacey, as OG as you could possibly get to D-Gods, even though he may have favored a few along the way, um, he, he was like literally one of the first, I think, 20 people in the Discord, did a bunch of fucking wild challenges that we had for the whitelist at the time, so always going to have love for that fucking boy, um, you know, no matter what, but um, speaking of pumping the numbers, if you guys are enjoying this space, getting value, go fucking retweet the fucking thing on the pin, tweet on the top, talk about, you know, what you're learning, share, because... I think a lot of times things get lost in context in these spaces because we're all listening to them. But when people share their insights or knowledge or things that they learn, I think that really helps a lot because that's what usually ends up getting more traction than people listening to a fucking four-hour recording of this thing or whatever, however long it's going to be. Okay, we got um, – I want to try to – the order always gets messed up. I think Jeff was next. I think we got Jeff Malco. What's Shall up? we? All right. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll break down how I got into Web3, basically doing BizDev. Have an investor network, you know, raising money for a bunch of projects in Web 2. Started looking at what the best technologies in Web 3 a year ago. Uh, you know, we, we picked a team. I was a really good NFT trader flipper, made a bunch of money on that. Helped a bunch of projects for free, like people were saying earlier. Doing marketing. Then uh, we did really well on a project. Sold out. And, uh, yeah, now I just hosted a party for 800 people in New York City during Maina last week. I hosted the party for NFT NYC with 400 people. I missed your party. Actually, one of our DAOs, we flipped the dead god. We paper-handed. We should have held it for a U, unfortunately. I apologize. But, um, yeah, just a lot of action. Right now working on uh, onboarding an artist with 14 million followers to do a project. And, uh, okay, so yeah. what what do you feel changed the most between when you got in to, like, your perspective on NFTs now? Because um, what I like is I hear, you, you know, you said you are basically grinding, doing the free stuff, and now you're at a place where you're trying to build something for yourself. What was that click moment where you were like, all right, I want to build something for myself? Um, you know, I, I, well, I'm, I'm joining a couple, like this team right now that already has something established, but they have a big, I guess, you know, artist. I can't really get into the details, but the point is, like, for me, I had to build up my skills. Like the guy was saying earlier, like this kind of a confidence thing, like, you know, moving to Web 2 to Web 3, like you have certain skills that translate, but you don't have the confidence to charge people for it. Now it's like, all right, I trust myself. I've gone through the process. I know what to do. So, yeah, I think that's that's what clicks. you, you got to have a little bit of experience even in this space. I mean, people can do it, but that's just not me. Okay, understood. And um, what what was the thing that got you the confidence? Going through it, making the mistakes, good, bad, ugly, everything. I mean, you just got to do it. You got to fuck some shit up and uh, keep trying. Awesome. Love that. Fucking thank you so much, Jeff. I'm going to move you down. Appreciate you, though. Um, no worries. Legend. Awesome. All right, let's get to, I think it we had, let's see, I think it was uh, Leap next. Oh, no, Ermis, then Leap, and then Average Mikey. I think those are the order, and then we'll keep going from there. Go, go, go. Yo, I got into NFTs because of my brother-in-law. He onboarded two of my brothers. 
he gave us some money and he made us trade like crypto and one day he put us like into NFTs. I mean some shit and like I did a profit, he gave me 30% and since then I have been here and what has changed, everything changed, absolutely everything. Like I didn't have any passion, I didn't have at all and I didn't know shit and like I'm, I'm now full time in NFTs, so yeah. Um, so just to clarify, you said that you put in that initial money, you went up 30%. Do you reload often or did you, are you basically just riding off of that initial gain that you've been flipping up from there? So I, I never put, well, I put like a, yeah, no, I didn't put my money. It was his money. I didn't reload. Then he gave me some more. Then I lose all that. And since then I have been making money in the space. So no need to put in. Awesome. That's sick to hear. One thing I know I, I like about you, Hermes, is that you, um, you know, you've started hosting these spaces and I think you're pretty good at what you do. Um, what, how'd you get into spaces and hosting and all that stuff? So I love talking and I got into spaces because of Alexander. One day at like at one in the morning, he told me like, run a space, a space, let's talk. And he created a monster. Uh, that was my beginning. And what do you think about Alex, by the way? And, and do you work with him often? Like, what's your take? How how has it been working with him? I don't work with him. I only I have been into a space and we talk in Twitter. We just know each other from Twitter. Good guy. Uh, I love the spaces. Sometimes they are too much, and the, he has some type of PTSD, but he's he's fine. Yeah, I I noticed that as well. Um, Okay, so maybe last question for you, Hermes. What's your overall ambition goal in the space? Like, what are you working towards? Because you mentioned, like, working hard, uh, growing. Like, wh what does that look like? And you don't have to know exactly, but what is, like, the vague or specific thing you're looking to do? I want it all. I want the fame. I want the money. I want the recognition. I want to take over. And what steps are you doing to get there? So right now, I... I I have been working in the space for several months from like being a bot community management, now working with a with a project full time, um, leaning now into the project development and, and product development and like this is the path. I'm working for for a project. Maybe one day I will have one or be a co-founder. Who knows? Or just an influencer. I don't know exactly where I'm going. I'm just going to keep moving and grinding. I actually love that. I love that you're keeping it open-ended. I think that's a great strategy because who the fuck knows where the space is going to go, but you know you like it. You know you want to be here, and so just doing whatever makes you excited and gets you fun, that's fucking awesome, and I respect the ambition. Thank you so much, Ermis. Appreciate you moving you down. Okay, who, who do we say we have next? I think Leap and then Average Mikey. Go, go, go. What got you in? What what What's changed since you got in? Hey, Frank. Um, glad you're doing this space, and thank you for bringing me up. So I guess I was in, like, D5 before this. And what I really liked about it was the community aspect, but it was very limited. And I had heard about Bored Apes, and I wasn't doing too well in D5, never been a good trader. So I came over to NFTs, uh, made a Twitter account, didn't know anybody, zero followers, and I started streaming on Twitch. And then, yeah, I was just, like, talking to my screen for eight hours a night about crypto, and it just moved into NFTs. And then I found Twitter spaces, and I just fell absolutely in love with it. Um, I have like an insatiable need to talk and I just love talking about NFTs in this space. It's like the best thing ever. And in regards to, you know, what has changed from now uh, till when I started, I honestly think the space has gotten better. I have a really optimistic view of the space 
um, even though, you know, prices are down on bear markets, you know, so on and so forth, the people that are here really care. And I feel like for once, we kind of understand that we're all on the same team. Blockchains are coming together. Okay, different- cut you off, cut you off. I love it. I, you know, I love you, Lee, but let's, let me let me dig deeper because I actually have so many questions. I'm curious about you. So for context, people in the audience, I've started to come in more and more on leave spaces because for some fucking reason, I don't know why, the vibe is always immaculate. He's always asking really thoughtful questions. People on his stage are usually really thoughtful, but it's also lighthearted and fun um, because he makes the titles things that are really uh, flamboyant, like, you know, is youth a rug, things like that. It's pretty funny. But um, what's your fucking day-to-day, bro? How old are you? And, like, yeah, tell us more about, like, your, like, life situation outside of uh, crypto Twitter. Yeah, so I'm actually 27 years old. Um, my life is really crypto Twitter and just building community. I don't really do anything else besides Twitter and hang out with my dog. I'm like really kind of blessed and I understand the privilege that I have that, you know, I make enough money to be able to sustain myself. Uh, and then I live with my dad and take care of him because he's like really sick. So this gives me a good opportunity to kind of work from home and do the things that I like. It's not the most exciting answer, I know, but that's kind of no, what I'm at that's with it. amazing. And, dude, you know, someone that's also had to take care of a family member, dude, fucking massive, massive respect there, dude. That's a huge sacrifice and fucking love you, man, already just from hearing that. Um, but let me ask you this. Do you, what, what's your, like, ambition? Because you're doing the Spaces grind. You know, I think your, yeah, your bio is still hashtag Spaces host. Fucking, I don't know why it just makes me laugh every time. But, um, yeah, like, what, what are you looking to do? Are you looking to grow an audience and then maybe do something? Or do you have a more specific plan? What are your thoughts? Or just make money or whatever it is. So it's never really been money-focused. Um, it's always been just education-focused and spreading the good word. Like, this space has done so much for me, and I feel like I finally found a family, had no idea what I was doing in the real world, and tried a lot of different jobs. And I think this decentralization of patronage, this ability to be part of, you know, different families and communities, um, absent of geographical borders, and outside of these bureaucratic red tape that exists IRL, is amazing, and more people need to know about it. And I'm just obsessed with talking about it. It's all I think about. Uh, and I really am interested in the education aspect as well. And if I can figure out something to do when it comes to that, I would love to. And I have some ideas, but right now I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. Um, and I like to do things organically and not kind of force things. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with All right, it. Here's an interesting one. Let's follow up here. Um, how much do you look at numbers? Is that something that, like, gives you dopamine? And By the way, no judgment-free zone. Judgment-free zone. I'm at, like, I think this is just a place for people to be, be honest and truthful. Like, are getting the numbers up on your spaces a priority or is it like having a really deep conversation or like what, what marks a success or failure or do you not even think about it like that? Okay. So I'll, I'll just say this. Yes. When the numbers are up, it's great. Like I, I think I would be lying if I said I didn't like when the numbers were up, but ultimately whenever I was trying to force it and find specific, Oh, well, if I talk about this, the space will go up. That never worked. And I realized the trick to spaces, it is literally just this. It's so simple have good, organic, genuine conversation, and I promise you that people will start to come. It is as simple as that. And yes, it's and, and this last thing, it's about using all of the real estate when it comes to Twitter spaces, right? So that button in the bottom right-hand corner, if you're enjoying anything about the conversation, show it some love. I'll always throw that in there. Also, the title, one of the most underused and undervalued aspects of the real estate within Twitter spaces. Put something there that's going to grab people's attention. And then the third thing is like, yeah, just like make sure the conversation is flowing and uh, don't monopolize the conversation. I think a lot of hosts sometimes 
try to think it's about them. It's not even about them or the speakers. It's about the listeners. That is what you need to focus on. And if you can create content for them, then you're going to do just fine. I fucking love exactly what you just said. I think that that could be extrapolated well beyond even just Twitter spaces. I think the number one mistake, if I, if I, if I could be as bold as to say the number one mistake everybody makes with marketing, building, everything with NFTs, or just in general, is like thinking that you're, you're expressing yourself and like that's the end is actually not. I think you're always building for an audience. You're always building for a customer. You're always building for the end person that's going to use, consume, or do whatever you're going to, you know, create. And so optimizing around that, and it's cool to hear you say that because now it makes a lot more sense why I feel like your spaces go really well. Um, Because, yeah, like you're optimizing around what the fucking people are listening to because there's only 10 people up here and like 900 right now uh, that are listening. So we got to make sure that's an engaging experience. So, you know, on that note, I'm moving you down, Leap. Fucking love you, man. And one day we'll figure out what your PFP is. And uh, let's move on. I think we have Average Mikey next. What the fuck is up, baby? Yo, what's up, Frank? Um, So... Trying to be as quick as brief as possible, but like there's like four big ways that got me into NFTs. Like first off, um, back in like 2011, 2012, I was like 13 years old on Reddit, and I learned about Bitcoin and crypto, and it was just intellectually interesting to me. Like it's just an interesting topic. Um, but being 12 or 13 years old, the financial aspect, the onboarding ramps, couldn't really participate. But you know, kept reading about it. Just thought it was cool. Um, fast forward to like 2016, 2017, um, during that bull market. I did door-to-door sales uh, after dropping out of college, and the founder of the um, business um, had me build him, like, a crypto mining rig, and we were supposed to, like, do something together. He ended up rugging me, so I was like, fuck it. I'm not going to look at crypto until I have my own bag to do this shit on my own. Um, Fast forward one more time to um, January uh, January to March of 2021. I was on disability for a back injury. And through a rabbit hole of the Pokemon card hype and craze, I found my way into, like, reselling discords and really fell in love with just, like, the potential there. And they were doing, like, top shot NFT trading and stuff like that. I quit my job within a week of getting into that because I just was like, you know, put my back against the wall. I'm going to make this work. I had, like, 8K in medical debt from the injury. I said, fuck it. I'm going to figure it out. Um, but I Holy saw them talk- shit. Holy fuck. You quit your yeah. job from top shot? No, not from Top Shot, dude. I came in at the top of the bubble as it popped. I missed it. But the opportunities in reselling, like, was really there. I was really good at, like, retail botting. Within, like, a week, I picked it up and was, like, one of the top botters in, like, the local scene I had there. And it was at least sustainable income. But the biggest thing, like, in that Discord, there's, like, three or four um, ETH influencers, um, the founder of Punji Penguins, Cole, who's, like, you know, say what you want about him, not very uh, a good quality person, but he was talking about um, Board Ape Yacht Club and NFTs in Discord VCs after um, after I was doing a card break, and I was like, yo, this is, like, crypto, like, clicks for me now, and that was in, like, I want to say, like, April or May, so, like, pretty early on in So, 20- follow up, follow up, just got, because this is super fascinating, what were the vibes, like, okay, so, obviously, the name is Vegas Board Apes, you know, today, like, what did that feel like in the Discord? Did it feel like what you see today, like, you know, where everyone's just talking about these projects and it's kind of hard to tell the difference? Or was there, like, something special about that time in that environment that you were in where you literally have, like, yeah, Pudgy Penguins Cole talking about fucking Board Ape Yacht Club in the Discord? Did that just feel like – did that get ignored? Or was everyone, like, paying attention? Like, how was the response and reaction around that time? 
Well, a lot of these guys were like, they just made a fat bag off the top shelf and they were kind of like gambling addicts. So for them, it was like, yo, this is like a cool way to make a bag. It wasn't like a, yo, there's cool opportunities to connect and uh, meet people. Um, it hit me different than it probably hit them. Cause like knowing about crypto thing is interesting, but like not being able to be there for the financial aspect. I was like, yo, this is the chance to be at the bottom and have like direct utility for me. Cause seeing all the different connections being made, all the hype starting to come for, I was like, this is fucking cool. It's like, this is like the next stage of maturity for cryptocurrency as a whole is the use cases of NFTs. So, um, literally like at, after hearing that call, like I was still dealing with the medical debt. Like I didn't have the liquidity to gamble. I was being really smart. Most of my shit was running on credit and just paying it off before bills and whatnot. So I talked to my now fiance, but then girlfriend, I was like, yo, I know we're planning on moving out. Let's push it back a little bit, but let's move states. Cause we were living in California, a studio apartment's like fucking like three grand. Fuck that. Um, and we needed a two bedroom to house all the PS fives and Pokemon cards I had. Um, so we moved up to Oregon to have a lower cost of living. My rent's 1300 bucks a month. Uh, sorry for anybody in LA hearing that. I know that probably hurts, but the craziest thing I got here, um, in end of July, I went on vacation with my grandparents. I came back, um, towards the end of September with COVID. And that's when I first heard about Solana NFTs. I dabbled in ETH NFTs a little bit, but wasn't making much, but I bought my first Solana NFT on October. October 5th and it was uh soul toads I just looked it up the other day it was the uh a derivative of the crypto toads or whatever and I went from one soul to minting d gods in like three days and that's when I was like holy shit like this community is like that was the difference like I love you now Frank but back then I didn't give a fuck about you it was just about like the core value of the community it made me be like yo being here is going to be life-changing just from the connections that I can make with these people. So, and so quick follow-up there, because I'm, I'm curious here. I mean, I actually like that you said that you didn't give a fuck about us, like, uh, which makes perfect sense for anybody that minted DGOS back in the day. Um, what was the flip moment? Was it, I mean, and you could be honest, like number going up pretty significantly definitely helps build that buy-in and stuff. But was there like any specific moment you could share that was like a flip? And this is in context for the audience as there are, everyone here is holding NFTs trying to understand, like, you know, if you're feeling too emotionally attached to an NFT or not, like, what was the moment for you that flipped, um, yeah, if you have any specific ones? Like, when it flipped from, like, a just emotional number going up to, like, yo, this is, like, a cool thing, or what do you mean? Yeah, exactly, because, you know, I've seen you write amazing threads, like, for context people in the audience, average uh, Mikey here writes beautiful fucking threads about D-Gods, and sometimes it feels like he's articulating things that even, you know, better than even I could on, on certain things that we're doing here, but um, I'm curious even hearing you say that it started out so unemotional, what what were the moments or moment that made it flip for you? And uh, please, you know, you don't have to shill, but more on a personal level, like with your situation, like where, where did that swap, uh, flip for you? Well, the core interest I had about D-Gods at the time, which he kind of rugged us on back then, was the um, releasing the smart contracts, be able to do your own project. So, like, yo, this shit's cool. Like, maybe I can build something. Like, I'm a smart guy. I have a good head on my shoulders. I got good morals, whatever. Um so that was like the first interest that was the only way in which it was personal, but like day one, like minting it and just like the crazy level of hype inside the discord and then all the clown emojis. Like it was just, it was obvious that these people like were just diehard cool people. And I was like, that was just like magic to me. Like not to like 
chill like D Gods itself. Like just the community itself was just so cool. Cause I mean you have JB, you have Cryptonet. Like when I saw a dude went ahead and made a whole like rarity sheet for D Gods when I'm like freaking out like, dude, do, is the shit I minted rare or not? Like I want to flip this shit. And then I was like, oh wait, like this is actually super cool scene. Just the amount. Wait, of, like, you know the follow through of that rarity story, by the way, right? Yeah, yeah, that's who got hired, right? So the guy contacts quick, quick, not not a show, just a fascinating story. How things happen sometimes in Web three. Um, we minted, definitely did not have our shit together all the way to last year. I'm not even just talking about you. Um, and and what happened is we didn't have our rarity like rankings ready to go. So this guy in our community named Ox Chill literally put together a spreadsheet on the first like few hours of uh, launch where he just found the metadata for all the NFTs and then created an, a ranking sheet that everyone referenced. And I literally pinned the post and I was like, all right, guys, fuck it. This is the official rarity. Didn't even double check it. I was like, this guy seems like he knows what he's doing. Fast forward a few months, Chill kept doing stuff for us. And at today, he is the CTO of D-Labs and, and uh, you know, core owner in Dust Labs as well. And one of my brothers for fucking life and one of my best friends. And we literally met on our Discord because he was just helping us out right after the mint when we needed the help. And um, we've grown, you know, to go through lots of battles and done a lot of really cool shit together um, since then. So that's what Average Mikey's referring to with that that spreadsheet that he's talking about. Um, okay, so Mikey, let me ask you one last question. Literally has like 60 requests right now. So, and you know, I love you. I guess you write threads about D-Gods, and I haven't seen if you've done it about other projects. What, what motivates you to write threads? Why do you like doing it? And you, you go in depth. Like, what is that process like for you? And, and what makes you want to do it? Uh, yeah, so when it comes to, like, the thread writing, like, I just do that for, like, my own benefit most of the time in the sense that, like, it helps me think in a deeper level about things because, like, shit, like, after dropping out of college, like, education hasn't been a part of my daily life. I was originally, like, really academic. Like, I was a nanoengineering major. So it's just a good, like, thought exercise for myself. And it's also a way I try and show love to projects that I respect. Like, I did one for Vandals a while back that got a lot of traction. And then the Utelist one, um... When I was, when Utelist and all that was going down, um, like, I have a big, like, background with, like, mental health. Um, like, that's a big um, motivating factor for me in terms of, like, an impact I want to have people in my life. Because mental health has been a struggle for me in the past. And, you know, depression, all that still can be sometimes. So when I dropped out of the college, smart kid syndrome, all of that, like, it fucked up my mental health. So with Utelist and all that, I realized that, you know, that's a stressful experience for a lot of these people. And, you know, I've dealt with overcoming that in my short period of time in life, but I figured it'd be a good way to just put a good hand forward to people that are trying to do something in this space. You know, not everybody was going to get Utelist and the feelings you could deal with from that emotionally, I realized, you know, they probably could benefit from a guiding hand. So that's why I wrote those threads. Um, when it comes to like my future spot in this space, like I don't see myself always just being like a thread writer or stuff like that. I just want to make a positive impact in this space in whatever capacity I have the skills for. So I know I have the capacity to learn whatever I need to like do some really big things in this space one day. But like for the past year, I've just spent eight hours a day learning and taking in as much info as I can. And that's basically all I do. No, I love it. Mikey, thank you. Moving you down. But one thing I just wanted to point out as a trend I'm, I'm seeing here, which is cool to, cool to hear from so many incredible people in this space. So many people that are winning so big in this space or have a deeper knowledge and desire to learn um, and, and just be and just do whatever the fuck, you know, because like I think that's like a theme I keep hearing over and over again of people that just are here. Not any strong, like, you know, fucking this thing or that thing. They're just in here grinding, learning. And the, the, the passion is more around learning and curiosity than it is about 
reaching X or Y goal, which I thought was just cool. And I'm sure there's people that have very different takes that are also super successful in the space. Just pointing out that's a trend I'm hearing. Okay, next, let's go to Evdog. Then let's go to Ogaga. And then let's go to uh, Manny. And then we'll keep going from there. Awesome. Frank, thanks for having me up, man. Um, I, I did get rugged earlier. I got a phone call, so I, I really appreciate you bringing me back up. Um, but I started in the NFT space uh, back in March of last year, actually, before uh, the, the ape days. Uh, I bought my first NFT as a moon cat, bought it at the very top, held it, sold it at the bottom. Did not make very much money last year on the ETH side, um, but I did get a lot into the, the gaming side of NFTs. And I think that that side's really super interesting. I come from a sociology background. That's what I went to school for. Um, and I always have had an interest in business. I work at one of my uh, local chamber of commerce in my area, so I connect businesses on the daily. Uh, so I think it's super interesting seeing how Web3 flows with these partnerships, collaborations, communities kind of forming around this technology. Um, and I just, I just really um, can't wait to see kind of what comes of it. You know, I think the gaming side is super interesting. So two questions I want to ask about the gaming next, but first I see on your bio right now, you're co-host of the New World Order NFT show. Like what made, you know, a chamber of commerce, a chamber of commerce employee that got into NFTs and was interested, like start their own show? Um, so I'm honestly, I did it to challenge myself. Um, I started a space one day um, and it was called New World Order. It was around a, a project. I won't show it here, but it was a gaming project on ETH. Um, and I just kind of started hosting these weekly spaces. A few people that really supported me after that first space just started coming and hanging out. Um, so it's been pushing myself. Um, I'm really introverted. I honestly have a lot of anxiety being up here right now. So I think that just being out there and doing something in a way that like I can uh, express myself and challenge myself is, has been really fun. And what's been the craziest shit that you've learned about NFTs so far? Like hosting a space, talking to all these randoms, like what, 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 like what's that, what's that experience been like? What's been like something crazy you feel like you've learned or a new insight? So basically what I've learned, man, is that anyone can really do anything you want to in Web3. That information is out there. You can learn how to start coding contracts and become a, a small time dev that kind of helps with some smaller projects and just work your way up. That information is out there to do anything. If you want to learn how to create art, you know, there's lots of high-priced, not-so-quality art that's one-of-one. One. You build yourself a community. You engage with other really popular communities. I mean, it's all just networking and building your skill set. And I think that's the most incredible thing that we've never really seen on the Internet so far. And that's what Web3 is going to do for us. And then, okay, here's another crazy one, just because, like, fuck it, why not? Um, you work here with the Commerce Chamber in your city. I think you said, is there any parallel? Like, fuck, I don't even know. Is there any parallels with what you do in your IRL work that, you know, you've gained from working NFTs or vice versa? Yeah. So actually with my space, I did a lot of AMAs. So that was what we did weekly. We interviewed lots of big projects. Um, and I think that getting to know businesses is something that I'm learning in my real job and that I'm learning here on Web3. And I think that skill set moving forward of maybe being like a collab manager or something is something I could see myself doing, or even like a project manager for something I see some passion in. So I'm just trying to build up my, my tool belt and see if I can be useful in Web3 and maybe do this full-time someday. Fucking love it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dog. I think we said we're going to Ogaga next. Yeah, no, thanks, Frank. Um, yeah. Um, for me, though, how I got to NFTs, in, I'll say, first of all, I was um, into, like, crypto, doing a lot of, like, shit coins and stuff. So at that point, it wasn't really, I was giving a lot of yield, so I decided to look into something else. So I first of all started with um, eat NFTs, though, but 
couldn't afford the gas fees and then I just moved to Solana. I think um when I was like, you know, doing a transition with Solana and Solana and the transition just went very fast, I was like, okay, this stuff is like really bullish. Like, I mean, the transition was like, within like less than two seconds, it went through. So I was like, okay. And Solana has a future. So I was like, I was, I got to like Solana NFTs. I think um, the first NFT I minted was um, SMB Gen Zero. I got, I won the auction. So that's how I started my like Solana journey and everything. So, but yeah. Um, what I'll say excites me or interests me more about NFTs. I haven't made it, I haven't pinned the tweet on my profiles. Um, the, I'll say the technology, like the culture, and also like the future, like the end game of NFTs. For me, do I think, um, NFT, like, you can usually use it to branch into a lot of things, like different cultures into fashion, like, and, and a couple of things. So, yo, I just yo, think, okay. C- cutting you off real quick, cause I, 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 you know, I love you actually, Ogaga, and I'm a fan, and I want to ask more specific questions here. So, um, you know, obviously now, the Nigeria NFT space, like, the, the Nigeria community in, um, you know, NFTs, especially on Solana, has become a lot bigger. It sounds like you were pretty early on that wave. Was there a lot of people, like, in, from the Nigerian community in, Solana NFTs when you first started? No, not a lot of people initially. I think um I started when I started I got a couple of friends, we started like a group and then like we expanded in the group then. Um from the group that's when the my other friends, the, the co founders of Hangar Dow, they branched the branch they made their Hangar Dow so they started using Hangar Dow to like educate people about NFTs. That's how I say I'll say that's one way um a lot of Nigerians were on onboarding to NFTs. So yeah, that's how like we grew from there. But when I started there weren't a lot of Nigerians into NFTs. We were just like a couple people and um I didn't really know because I mean I was just like on CT. I wasn't um I'm not like um like I'll say I'm like an introvert type of guy, so I didn't really connect with a lot of people initially, but I was just, like doing my things with my friends. That's how like we grew. That's kind of, dude, I feel like you're giving, you're not giving yourself enough credit here because it sounds like, you know, you and that initial group really started a, a, what has ended up becoming a huge section of Solana NFTs, which is like the Nigerian community. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how you've seen that rise? And maybe I'm not understanding it accurately and you weren't like a core member, but it sounds like you were that, that really started kick, kickstarting this. Can you talk more about that? Okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and don't uh, be afraid to gas yourself up because you know a lot of a lot of really <laughs> smart people when I go in the in the Nigerian community spaces always hype you and a few other people up. So, dude, you're a fucking legend already. But uh, tell tell us more. Okay, thanks, Frank. Um, yes. So, um, I started a WhatsApp group first of all. So my aim with the WhatsApp group was like trying to like make um education for crypto free, and I just started with my friends, and then they were adding a, lot, a couple guys into the group. So our, our focus initially was like on crypto markets, and I was the person who told them about NFTs. I started to tell, okay, this is um, like a new technology, this is like a new um, aspect of crypto that can give um, give us a lot of yield. So we're focusing on NFTs from uh, that from that point. Then later on, we, like, we started like a lot of people joining the group. That's when um, other like our co-founders of like Hangar Dow joined the group, and then we're growing. That's how like I say we grew. So yeah, I think um back in the day, mostly for me, I was like mostly Solana guy. We had some eat guys too, but I was just dropping Solana alphas there. We're like growing, we're minting a lot of stuff, minting, getting profit, and then just growing um ourselves. And then we're so able do you think to the group grew? Sorry, do you think the group grew because you guys were making good calls, or was it because um and, and was it? I might be wrong on this. Was it mostly people fr- from Nigeria there, or was it like people all over? But like, what, what made that group grow? Because not every group. It starts out as a WhatsApp chat, ends up growing, you know, into literally becoming a significant part of a, you know, pretty huge online community. Like, what, what, what do you think made it start growing? 
Um, okay, I think um, the reason why it started growing was because, um, first of all, we, like most of us in the group have, I'll say, like, um, in-depth knowledge or we strive to get in-depth knowledge about things. So we weren't just really trying to, like, focus on only getting, like, let's say, um, the quick 10x and just trying to, like, understand the technology, trying to, like, grow further. So that's, I'll say, um, our, I'll say inquisitiveness, like, we're curious, our curiosity, yeah, well, like, was what pushed us forward. So, we were curious then, we were like just growing, and I saw the work ethic of like everybody in the group then was really mad, so we just drop. I mean, if you're in a, if you're in a group whereby, um, people drop like good calls, like, you know, good plays, you are making money from there, and like you are growing as an individual too. So everybody who is in the group, they will be forced to grow along. So that's how like, well, I say we grow. So when everybody was just like, you know, making good calls, like if you, like, I mean, if you sleep, I mean, if you sleep, you're going to miss some gains. So people weren't like trying to like sleep and stuff like that. So yeah. So it was like, it was really crazy back then, especially okay. when it was like uh, the bull run. And my last question now, um, have you guys done like IRL meetups or how is like the IRL side, uh, of your experience in NFTs been? Okay. I haven't done, I haven't really done any IRL meetup and, um, I don't really like IRL meetups personally. I don't really like, um, because uh, I want to like keep my profile low. Like I'm just like on the internet, my profile. I don't really want to like, um, no, get myself out there. But yeah, um, I've really done an IRL meetup, but, um, there's one that I'm going to hold, hold soon. I'm NFTNG. So it's, um, like, um, I'd say like something like NFT New York, but like the Nigerian version. So it's going to hold up. I think maybe next month there about. But yeah, that's how like it's um it uh, works. But for the other, the, the funny thing is that I haven't really met any of the co-founders in real life. We only met online. So we grew online. I haven't really met any of them in real life. So just like I mean, it's just like really crazy how like the growth happened and everything. Dude, that's fucking cool, man. These are not answers I was honestly expecting at all. Like that's actually fucking sick. Um, I love that, dude. I, you know, man, I'm a huge fan of you. I've been a fan for a while, so. Dude, you're doing a lot. People don't realize like how big the community you start, you and a few other people have started has grown for this whole ecosystem for Solana. So just mad respect. You know, I love the fucking Nigerian community. And yeah, like, dude, you guys are just awesome. And you, you specifically, and I think, yeah, there's a few other people. I think some of them, you know, will probably hop in the space at some point. But, uh, dude, just fucking huge shout out, big respect. And just keep, you guys, cause you, last thing I'll say, you guys are actually fucking onboarding people into Web3 in a real way. And it's like very obvious. And it's very clear, and like a lot of people talk about doing it, but a lot of a lot of people, you know, don't actually, and you guys are, and you specifically have been crushing it with that. So, mad respect, man. And okay, we're, we'll keep moving though. So I'm gonna yeah. move it down. Love you, brother. Okay, awesome. thanks, Frank. Peace, man. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to. Uh, I think I think I said it was David next, and then okay, David, Waylon, Manny, Cloud, Alan, Josh. Let's go. Yo, what's up, Frank? Uh, how I got to NFTs, I actually minted CryptoKitties back in 2017. So yeah, it's, it's, I've been in the space for a while, but that was kind of like where I thought like the tech of this is, is so cool. I'm an engineer by trade. Um, and I saw like everything valuable on the internet is going to be an NFT one day. Um, I actually hopped into Soul NFTs because I was trying to build something in Web3. And then I talked to a bunch of VCs and they said, you know, they introduced me to the Solana team and said, this is the place to be for the future. Uh, and I hopped in and it was mostly as a builder at first, but then you know, I started participating, picked up a D God. Uh, for me, the big ticket items were, I didn't really consider them investments. I considered them like purchases to kind of just like enjoy for myself. And what's changed? Like since you first got in, obviously you have a project now, all this stuff, but like what's changed for you since, uh, you first got in perception wise or insight? So I, I did not predict the PFP meta, right? I would say that right now it's like 90% of NFTs is the kind of PFP community meta. Uh, I thought it was going to be more around, you know, passports, licenses, gaming, especially around gaming. 
Um, I mean, I have mixed feelings. You know, to be honest, I, I think that we took a little bit of detour. Uh, as much as I love the kind of like community space, I do think that it kind of slowed down other aspects of NFTs and kind of set the narrative uh, in that direction. But at the same time, it did bring a ton of new people in that wouldn't have been here otherwise. Awesome. Um, trying to just think here, I guess you, I think you participate pretty often. I know because Mark and, and like Sorcerer talk to me, how you guys meet up. Is the IRL piece of this like something that you've enjoyed or have you made closer friends through NFTs? Dude, I, I fucking love it, man. Um, yeah, Sorcerer, Mark and like 20 other people met up, uh, two days ago. Damn, this was like really recent. So this was, uh, in Venice we met up and this wasn't the first time. Like we've had D-God meetups in LA like four times now, like it's, it's been a while. And, you know, we all joke about being like NFT DJs and we live online, but like we all love that human connection, right? It doesn't matter if you're an extrovert, introvert, like introverts love that in-person connection as well. We just need like, you know, a little bit uh, more of a comfortable setting, but man, like when you meet up with these people IRL after you've been spending time online, going back and forth like months, it's like you guys already know each other, right? Like me and Mark just like, fuck around on Twitter like all day and then when you meet in person it's like I, I didn't realize like holy shit this is the first time we're meeting in like six months right okay here's um, a really good follow-up okay this is actually so I feel you on you you talk all the time on the internet and then you finally meet up do, do most of the conversations still circle or no judgment zone do most of the conversations still circle around NFTs or is there that awkward moment where you're like oh wow we just met and now like no idea what the fuck to talk about like and talk, talk to me more about what, what you guys usually do slash talk about when you meet. You know, I don't think there ever was an awkward moment. We just kind of, like, continue where we left off online. Obviously, we talk a lot about NFTs, but the conversation goes everywhere. And, you know, we come back to NFTs because it's just such a big part of our lives. But it's not like an NFT meetup, right? It, it's just straight up like a community. Like, we talk about everything. We talk about sports. We talk about, like, girls, like, whatever, right? And do you think the unifying factor is like your, this is an interesting, super niche question, but do you feel like the unifying factor is that you guys have so many things to talk about because you're both like seeing the same stuff on Twitter, might hold the same NFTs, or is it like a shared sense of humor or like, what do you think makes it a great IRL connection that you make versus like, oh, that was cool, but you're probably not going to hang out with them again? No, I think, I think the biggest thing is actually based off collections. Cause I've been to a ton of these meetups, right? Even at the like hacker houses and all that kind of stuff. People that have similar mindsets, similar personalities tend to gravitate towards each other with collections, right? So like D gods have like a certain vibe around them. And if people don't really fuck with the vibe, then they'll usually leave, right? They'll sell their D god and leave. And for me personally, it's cause I was hanging out in these spaces with a bunch of D gods and they were talking about it nonstop that I had FOMO, right? So when I bought a D god, I, I didn't think of it as an investment. I thought of it as like, this is my ticket into this, this community. And that's what it is. Like the D god meetups. Like, it's very D-God. Like, my, my, my girlfriend's like, should I come? I'm like, no, nah, you're not going to like it. Like, we're going we're gonna to bro out. Like, you're not going to have fun. Um, but then, you know, I've, I've gone to Doodles meetups. I've been to Azuki meetups. And it's a different vibe, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Tell us more. Right? Tell us like, more. Go, go, go deeper. So, D-Gods, Azukis, Doodles, what are the differences in the vibes? Go. No, you, be honest. No need to, like, hype or fun. Just be totally honest. I'm fucking curious. Go, go, go. I mean, okay. So, D-Gods, straight up, it's like I'm back in college. It's a frat. We're just fucking around. We're raunchy, unfiltered, like, straight up, that's what it is. Doodles, I don't really own a Doodle, so I actually went to one of the, like, public events. Um, I felt like a guest, so I can't say much there. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It did feel very commercial. Uh, Azuki meetups. I did feel like I fit, I fit in, but it was kind of like the 
SF, Silicon Valley, tech, like, Asian, we all drink boba, and we're all hypies. Like, it was, it was kind of like that vibe. Um, but, I, but I felt like I, I fit in there, too. I'm trying to think of other, other uh, NFT meetups. Um, I mean, those are the most recent ones. But, yeah, they all have their, like, they have, like, a very specific vibe, right? And you either, you either fuck with it or you don't. Dude, this is fascinating, by the way. I think it's cool to hear it articulated in that I might start asking this question to more people or if people have things to share as we go through and filter um, super down to here. Because uh, I think in, a, in an extended bear market, I'm just curious because I think IRL is going to be something that makes people have deeper connections and, and uh, get closer. But then there's always a question of how to do it right, and a lot of people do it wrong or just do it, and then it's not special. So I'm trying to, like, learn. Part of the whole reason I'm doing this space, by the way, guys, is I'm just, like, taking notes, data collecting, and trying to just learn more about what gets people excited, what doesn't, that kind of thing. So this that was super helpful. Okay, I think we had um, – thank you so much, David. Moving you down. You know, I fucking love you, bro. Um, okay, so let's see. We got. I think we have Manny next. Go for it. Hey, what's up, Frank? Dude, thanks for having me up. Uh, what's it called? So Gary V was the thing that onboarded me, and, like, I was pretty broke when I started, and I was, like, a roofer. I was a UPS driver and I was between tech jobs because COVID had just hit. So I was like, oh shit, this is my moonshot. Like I'm going to make it. I'm going to figure it out. And I was playing a lot of World of Warcraft, like, and I realized that that is not what I need to do to like make a ton of money. So I had, like, I was a top 100 player in the World of Warcraft. So like I have like the aptitude to do stuff. So I just focused all that time and energy into nfts and like i miss v friends and then i miss board ap yacht club and like i missed all of those because i didn't have money and then i just watched the market and i would just look at OpenSea and be like why are people buying these things and then i started following people on twitter and then i was like oh, okay like these are the people who like call the shots but it turns out they're just influencers dumping on me and then i was like i want to be an influencer and i want to dump on people and then I realized, like, dude, that's kind of fucked up. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I just, I don't know. I guess I just want to help people make money. And then that's, like, what got me in. And what's changed since then? Um, Really, it was just, like, my mindset, right? Like, I was able to hit a couple of home runs, and, like, it made me feel good. And then after that, I was like, dude, I just want to help as many people as I can, like, learn what they're doing, like show them like the things that I've learned. And then hopefully that pushes me to be a better like person to like be more creative, like any alpha secrets or whatever that I think I have, I just share them immediately because like, I don't care. Right. Like it's going to push me to be a better person. And like, if people are buying into the right things and it just makes the whole space better in that whole. So follow up here. What, what, what's your bigger purpose or goal? You don't have to have a specific answer, but like, I'm curious how you think about, cause you do spend a lot of time. I've seen you in a lot of spaces. Like when you go to sleep at night or when you're thinking about what's the purpose of all the stuff I'm doing, like what, what goes through your head and what are you thinking about? I think the biggest purpose driver for me was I just want to make a bag, dude. Like I just want to be rich. Like, grossly rich like so rich that like you forget that you have a condo in beverly hills rich like you know what i'm saying like i want to just make fucking money and like i, wake no, I love up that and by like, the way guys because first guy i think this whole space is talked about like the you know really want to make a bag which is a huge part of the space whether people admit it or not so i love that and i love hearing you talk about that i guess here's the follow-up then what do you do you feel like you're mapping a lot of your actions back to how you're going to make money or like 
where is the the connect or disconnect? Because you, you talk in spaces, you're like active in the community, you know. Like, what wh- what is your take on how that maps to your goal of like making a lot of money and like even just buying and selling NFTs? Is that what you feel is going to get you there, or like what, t- talk to us more? No, so I think my career shift is like NFTs gave me a springboard to be stable, but like I'm I'm in tech, dude. Like I I sell software as a service, like I sell internet minutes on the phone, like, and I'm pretty fucking good at it too. So like to me, NFTs is like a side hustle that produces like extra income for me to do that. But like I was broke for a long fucking time, and I ate a lot of bread and ice fucking sandwiches, dude. Like I had to nail, I had to wake up at 4 a.m. to roof, dude, so then I can go to my U. UPS job later like you know so I let's fucking I go like, baby I love like, I fucking love it okay but I have a follow-up here so here's an interesting psychological question so when you say NFTs are the side thing and and also at the same time you have this goal of being you know fabulously wealthy let me ask you that here's the connect do you feel like with NFTs then you treat it more like it's a moonshot or nothing or is it like I want to squeak out as much profits as possible or how do you think about that and how it affects your investing, collecting, trading strategy? So it depends on what I'm buying for, right? Like if I'm buying just to make a flip, I don't join the Discord. I just trade on volume. I'm just like squeaking out every ounce of profit. If it's 0.1, 0.05, I don't care. But then there's like things that I buy just because, A, I think it looks cool or I just like the people. And like those things just get moved to a different wallet and I'm like, yo, fuck that, like don't even think about trading that shit. Like you're just here for the vibes on those. I love that by the way, just because I think that's a healthy way to approach it um, while acknowledging both sides of the space being there's some things that could go really crazy. Other things that also, you know, are just super fun to flip. Here's the best question. What, what, uh, if you could describe maybe what makes something go into that other wallet, like what's the difference maker between, you know, something that you're just flipping. And then is anything that started out as a flip did, has anything turned into a long-term hold? Like that's my, you know, multi-part, but I think you can find a simple, clean answer there. Um, let's see. So let me open that wallet first, but I don't want to take up too much time. on. Yeah. This, don't, but... don't take up too much time. Just quick. Yeah. Please. Like, uh, probably Tayo, dude. I joined there cause I watched a video that easy made. And then I just started talking to Tom and I just like Tom, like as a person. And like, I think just getting to know the founders and their goals and like my biggest thing is alignment, right? Thoughts, words, and actions. And if they have that as like a person, then I'm just all about it. And I think it when I find founders who are talking and their actions don't map to their thoughts or like what they're saying, then I don't want to be a part of that. I just want to make money and dip. Okay, this is actually the last question. So because I like it, I like I want to see even talk to even more like profit maxi type of people here in the space because I think there's nothing wrong with that and people demonize that a lot. Um, have you made friends like because you have this mentality, you know, um, of kind of being here for the money? And then obviously we've just talked about a lot of nuance there, but in that in that mindset, have you made friends and what what is that interaction like? And have you gone you know either met anyone IRL or gone deeper in any of those closer relationships? Yeah. Um, let's see. So I think of it as us winning together, right? It's not like us versus them. It's like we are going to make as much money as we can together. And then I'm going to learn everything that I can. Right. So I'll like tell people like, Hey, I'm going to probably exit around here. So like, this is what I'm doing and I stick to it. And like, if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And then I missed that second part of the question. Like if you could just repeat that, sorry. 
Um, no, I mean, I think that answers it, to be honest. Appreciate you, Manny. Thank you so much. You know, I love you, man. I'm moving you down. Um, you're fucking yeah, legendary. Sure, Appreciate love you. It's crazy dude. hearing that Peace story out. about the roofing stuff and congrats on everything. Um, awesome. I think we had, uh, I think we had Waylon next and then, we, oh no, we had Cloud next, then Waylon, then let's go to Mendo. Um, yeah, let's do that. If Waylon's not here, booting. Oh, there we go. Go, 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 baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can go. What got you um, in? What, what changed? Yeah, so I've been on quite the journey. Um, uh, back in the day, I remember I saw the Satoshi followers. I saw some videos of them talking about Bitcoin. Uh, wasn't very interested in that. Didn't seem like a business to me. Uh, it was an interesting idea, but just wasn't something uh, to for me to focus on. And then my quick dismissal of that kind of caused me to dismiss ETH really quickly when it when it came out as a, you know a computing platform. And then I, I clearly missed the boat there, missed uh, missed the boat on a lot of things, uh, but stayed pretty involved in crypto for a while. And then uh, I said to myself, you know, the next the next thing that comes out that comes across my desk, I'm going to look into it, really understand the use cases. Uh, and then so a few years back, I was at Meta. I was focused uh, in a role very focused on the metaverse. And at the time, there was really no clear um, integrations for why blockchain needs to be in the metaverse. You know, it could just be a really immersive uh, 3D world. It doesn't need to have crypto. It could have its own, you know, in-game currency. Uh, think of like a World of Warcraft just in VR. Um, and then uh, NFTs came across my desk, and I started looking into those pretty in-depth. And uh, they kind of kicked down the door for me. It was kind of like a holy shit moment. You know, they figured it out. Now we understand how to have ownership of an in-game item, how to move it, you know, across chains or across worlds, uh, and how that will work. So then I said, what do I, what do I know about the, uh, you know, NFTs made the internet ownable. So then what do I know about the metaverse? Uh, not much, you know, even though we're working on it, uh, there, there's not really a strong consensus on what the metaverse is. Um, the three things that everybody seems to do have a consensus on is that it's going to be a combo of gaming, consumer apps, and a developer platform. So of those three, I said, which one of those is more likely to onboard the most users? It will probably be gaming. might be consumer apps. You know, we've seen it with Stepin, but it's probably not going to be a developer platform. ETH kind of already claimed that market to some degree, but, uh, you know, that's 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 an ongoing race. So I said, it will probably be gaming. So what do I know about gaming? I know it's going to require IP development, which will take a good amount of time. It will require low transaction costs. Where are you costs. going, Waylon? Because I think I'm just reading your bio. Maybe it would help to give a little bit more context because, like, Web3, VC, at Amazon, pretty – like that might help give more context into your analysis and like how this stuff is coming across your quote unquote desk, you know? Yeah. 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 I can, I can talk about it. Actually, I was, uh, I, I'm, I'm fairly new at Amazon. I've only been here six months. So uh, I was really just in quarantine, you know, I was involved in crypto. I was working at Meta on the metaverse. Uh, their idea of a metaverse doesn't really involve blockchain at all. That's what I was speaking about. Uh, there was no real necessary reason to incorporate blockchain into a metaverse until NFTs came along. Then the integration seemed extremely apparent to me. Uh, you know, maybe some uh, somebody's meta don't really hold that opinion still uh, with their horizon worlds. Um, but to me, it became very apparent. So that's kind of why I, I gravitated more towards Web3 and out of just pure metaverse plays. Um, but then again, you know, uh, I from my work experience, I didn't know a lot about the metaverse. I knew uh, NFTs will now be very integrated. I knew blockchain will now be integrated in the metaverse. So I said, how do how do I plug in these two high growth sectors together? I knew, again, it would take IP development, low transaction costs, and a really great user experience. So those are three things that it will require to scale any game, integrate it with metaverse, uh, integrate blockchain. Um, so then I said, where, where will that most likely take place with NFTs? Um, 
looking around, it, Solana stood out. It had volume upcoming, had a really great user experience, definitely a priority, and it had a really strong grant program that incentivized people to develop apps and games on top of the chain. Um, and then from there, so I just kind of came over about, you know, a year, 14 months ago, 15 months ago, and was minting a lot of things, trying to find people that were thinking big or experimenting. You know, you're one at Social Experimenter, so it kind of drew me to it. And then uh, what really got me more active as as opposed to just buying NFTs was about a I bought a Thugbird, <laughs> you know, at the beginning of September. And I'm not sure if anybody remembers remembers that whole craze, but that really changed my kind of definition of what it meant to be like in an internet community or be a part of something in that regard, you know, even beyond the internet, just in real life in general. And um, okay, I have so many questions, but I maybe just start with this. I don't know how much you're allowed to speak on this, and you can, we can just move to the next question if not. Um, but how does Amazon think about NFTs from your perspective? Yeah, um, I think, you know, I, I haven't been here too long, but it's definitely the primary focus of their Web3 um, uh, roadmap. You know, they're not very much investing in blockchain technologies. There's a lot of, I think, great use cases for decentralized computing and cloud computing and storage, you know, that would have plugins for some of the like, core businesses like AWS. But Amazon has 31 business units. Uh, one of the newly spun up ones is uh, global media and entertainment. And obviously NFTs just plug into that type of thing very well. Uh, and it's really probably the future of that industry. So it's definitely a primary focus. Awesome. Um, okay, so Doug Birds, you know, what was your experience? That was your first kind of like, you know, major run up seeing with NFTs um, holding one. I guess like what did you learn from that experience, if anything? And uh, how, how does that you know, affect you now? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it taught me, you know, that people do really have or really get bought in to the Internet community. It isn't just, you know, a narrative that gets pushed. Um, it showed me how, you know, how ridiculous and hyped something can get. You know, at one point, this Twitter, I mean, in September of last year, it was, you know, I was cosplaying as a thug bird that was a lawyer for the birds but was called the doctor. You know, it made no sense. It was just like an absolutely ridiculous Twitter account at the time. And I gained 600 followers in the first three days. So, like, it showed me that uh, people, like, can really gravitate and really get behind something, and that can help get, like, the ball rolling and get a lot of startups off the ground, especially in, like, a small crypto ecosystem, you know? It's really important to build a community because you create a moat of users almost the same way you have with kind of dust labs and D-labs. It's really important because you don't have millions and billions of people in the ecosystem right now to sell your product to. You have to, people that will use your product and help you beta test and alpha test it and iterate on it. You need to form that community early because those are the people that are in crypto and that you can connect with and get feedback from. Fucking love it. Okay, so maybe last word, last one here. What do you feel, like, from your perspective, working at fucking Meta, now at Amazon, um, what, what do you feel most people get wrong when they think about big businesses, big start, big tech companies, and uh, crypto like and and how they're looking at it where people have wrong assumptions um i think the biggest wrong assumption is that these companies entering into the space is a bad thing i think you know they get a lot of hate if they invest or if they try to build a product you know like horizon worlds like like horizon worlds may not be the final you know biggest metaverse but that is a good thing for the metaverse in general that's going to onboard a lot of people Facebook may not be popular in the U.S., but it's extremely popular internationally. It's still one of the most popular social medias in many countries, especially developing ones for the commerce side. So especially WhatsApp, you know, just their ecosystem in general that can pull users. So uh, like these companies, if they win out in the long term, that's because they probably built a better product. Maybe they do have a leg up advantage, but they're big and slow. So really, we're, we're just leveraging Facebook or Meta spending $30 billion a year to develop AR headsets. 
and onboard people into the metaverse. And we should all be happy about that. I fucking love that. I feel the exact same way. In my mind, it's a free market. And if they build a better product, even if that that's leveraged from all the capital they already have, that all that means is that the market shows that they have a better product. So um, I'm on the exact same page. I feel the same way, man. Dude, you know I fucking love you, Waylon. Thank you for bringing a lot of really interesting insight to the space we don't hear often, so I appreciate it. Um, moving you down right now. Okay, so I think we go to cloud next. What the fuck is up, baby? How'd you start? What's changed? What's up? What's up? And uh, just just real quick before we get off on uh, on a tangent, and keep keep me in line. You guys did catch me right after smoking a joint, so I'm a little I'm a little spaced out. But um, <laughs> dude, this is like this. I've heard now two people bring up World of Warcraft. Um, I've heard Vitalik talk about it in a couple of interviews. And the reason I'm just bringing it up is I feel like that was my, I used to play a lot of that when I was like, like 11 years old type thing. And that is what helped me make so much sense of this whole metaverse or like this whole space. Cause I remember like, that was like my first little hustle. I'd be, uh, you know, like running like alt accounts, leveling up characters and then like selling them. So I was like, already doing like this in-game currency um i don't know just i hear a lot of people mention it in spaces and it just to me it it's what helps me make the most sense of like what the metaverse or whatever this is gonna look like in the future so just yeah before i get off tangent uh what is it why did i get into nfts what was like the specific moment that made you get into nfts and then what has changed since you first got in for you like from a like your perspective on all this man i say i got into nfts um i grew up doing a lot of my own art i did more like street art and then got into doing digital art so when i saw um you know the whole the whole ape boom that really caught my attention. I wanted to come check it out, but uh, really stayed. And and this view has kind of changed. But um, I like really stuck around because I've been I've been like trading for a while, but really uh, stuck around with like the NFT space because like the whole community thing. Uh, I say that's kind of changed because like after being in it for a while, and I do try to go to all the in-person events. I live down here in Miami, so they have a lot of the, you know, like the Bitcoin, the NFT Miami. Um, there's a lot of bad actors in the space. Like, I think you guys know that's what we're kind of uh, working through, and it's part of, like, being early. But, yeah, dude, when you awesome. said that whole 99% of projects aren't going to be around, like, that's just the truth, and that's why you stick with the people that are actually like innovating or trying to. Awesome, man. I appreciate it, bro. Much love, dude. I think, um, yeah, we'll, we're going to keep rotating, but dude, cloud, you're a fucking legend. And I'm glad you smoked the joint. Let's fucking go. Have a happy Saturday, <laughs> my brother. You know, I love you, man. Uh, yeah. All right. Awesome, dude. Have, have a great day. Peace, peace. Um, okay, sick. Let's keep going. I think we had Alan next, then Josh. Oh, no, my bad. Uh, Mendo first, then Alan. Okay, go. Yo, how's it going? No questions. 
Uh, <laughs> um, um, how did you get into NFTs, and then what, what what do you feel has changed since you first got in? Uh, how I got in? Uh, I've been in crypto for a long time, like Bitcoin, ETH, Solana. Um, that was exciting from the perspective where everyone can invest and everyone can profit. Then last year, I got into NFTs as I kept seeing the PFBs pop up on my Twitter and communities forming around it. And just kind of remind me of when I grew up building anime websites and the V bulletin forums and with custom avatars and just spending all day in there. So just kind of gave off a similar vibe, but also had the financial angle tied to it. So you can spend your time engaging and enjoying, but you can also get money out of it, both for artists and collectors. So that felt very new and exciting. Um, so yeah, it just felt the energy was very different. I'm My background is in tech, doing product design and tech. So I basically just burnt out on the tech job. And in, so in January, I quit my job, started exploring what value I could add to the space. Um, I used to work with uh, Raj, the Solana founder, and other uh, Solana employees at a previous startup. So I was aware of Solana early on. But my first real exposure to Solana NFTs was back in February, where we went to a Solana Hacker House, me and uh, one of my co-founders, as we were trying to figure out what to build. Um, what was Raj what? like at your last, uh, start, oh, at your last startup? Sorry, I'm cutting off, trying to ask what the audience wants to know. Go, go let us know. <laughs> what, what was he, what was he like? Yeah. Uh, Pre Solana days. <laughs> he was great. He's, uh, he's very, uh, a visionary in the sense, like, I don't, like, impatient, but also, like, has a vision and wants to, wants to make it work. So he's like a PM and then director of PM of, of product there at a healthcare startup. So, I think like a lot of us who just want to build, build stuff and ship building in healthcare is, it's just too slow. There's too much red tape. So I, th- I think it was very clear that he wanted to do something bigger. He, ha- he had like a startup before as well. So, and, yeah. and obviously like I see, you know, we've seen, so for people that don't know the audience, uh, you know, Mendo built a really sick tool called Subber. They have, you know, I think the, the, the communities do giveaways, but one of the really cool thing was when we first launched with Jutes, it, it, allows people that are, have a U in their wallet to connect to their Twitter and then has a list of everyone in the community that, uh, you know, has verified that they, they hold that U, which I thought was really cool. And they do that, obviously, for other communities as well. Tell us, this is maybe an interesting one, specifically what made you guys think of that idea and then go uh, go ahead, build, and ship that specific idea? Because I, I really like that one. That one, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. We were, like, we were building several tools for communities, so like content gating, uh, like collab management, all that. But we were also thinking like, what do communities want to engage their communities more, you know, like instead of like it being more passive. And one thing you always see on Twitter is like the follow train, right? Like D-Gods follow D-Gods, youths follow youths. So we're like, yeah, people want that. People want that to be easy. It's not a lot of work compared to all these other tools we're building. So let's use the Twitter API build a list of people and have them be able to follow each other easily. Um, so, like, it builds engagement. It, it also makes the community more tight-knit and less likely to, to just flip, you know? Like, you're going to stay in because it feels more like you're you're building something. You're building okay, and now community. last question, uh, two parts. What's the best part and the worst part about building a software product that's not, like, an NFT, um, you know, but, like, literally a software product in the Web3 space? Uh, worst part and best part. Worst part is, uh, right now, like, Subber is free, like, every community can use it, everyone can use it for giveaways. 
that comes with entitlement as well, even though it's free, you know. So you have to do everything for everyone, that, and that's yeah, it can be difficult because you also have your own roadmap, but you also need to adapt and, and listen. So kind of filtering out like who to listen to, what to listen to, what feedback is is legit. Um, and can you actually talk more about entitlement? Um, I think this is something that doesn't get talked about enough. But like, describe from your perspective you know, what that means and, like, how did that come about? And, uh, yeah, like, please feel free to vent. You're, you're in a safe place because I feel that way. I think a lot of people that are building in this space feel that and uh, curious, especially for you where, you know, maybe for some of us that have, like, NFT projects. So, like, people bought in, I understand, but there's still that level of entitlement. But for a free fucking software product, still entitlement in this space is kind of wild. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, I think it's people wanting to use your tool, but also wanting to do everything. Uh, the entitlement mostly comes when, uh, when it's about like whitelisting, right? Like there's spots, others can get spots. Why can't I get spots? Um, even though it's free, even though maybe all they do is like hold an NFT, but they can sell it if they want. Um, but yeah, it's, it's frustrating for, I think, both the communities and I think anyone building tools for it. But. What's been good about it is collaborating closely with the communities that want, really want to give value to their members, but like want to make it fair and kind of cutting out that entitlement, making it clear, like, this is what you get. And if you're loyal, you know, you can benefit. And if you're just here to only make money, like everyone wants to make money, that's, that's fair. But if, if that's the only thing, then, uh, yeah, you can, we, we're helping communities to kind of filter those people out. So awesome. Thank you so much, Mendo. Moving you down. Love you. Yep. Suburb is a fucking sick tool. Congrats on everything you guys are building and wishing Thanks, the best man. of luck there. Um, okay. I think we had, uh, I think it was Alan next and then Smokey. Let's do those two. And then Josh. And hey, Frank. Frank. How you doing, I don't know man? If you're here, but you should raise your hand if you want to stay up. Otherwise, I'm going to have to rotate you down. I was curious because you work with the friends and stuff, so excited to get to you. But if you're not here, I'm going to move you down. Okay. Go, go for it, Alan. Hey, Frank, how you doing? So, you know, leverage trading eventually got me into crypto, started investing into crypto late 2018. Fast forward to 2020, made profits on a couple coins. One of those coins connected me to a friend, you know, slash mentor here in Puerto Rico who showed me ETH NFTs. So, you know, ETH rocks, sandbox, basically the whole nine yards. Then I found Axie Infinity and Frank, bro, I was going to be the next ass catch them, bro. I was, I was going to catch them all. Generational wealth, game, set, match. But, uh, you know, sadly I got rugged, uh, started on Solana, Trader's Paradise, you know, no, no gas fees. Uh, but I, I started for a couple reasons, honestly, but the nail in the coffin was because a Thai robotic, actually a, a holder flew here and, and started giving massive events. Uh, here and in, in different, uh, pizzerias and, and restaurants. Uh, so, you know, he convinced me. I, I loaded up my Phantom and, you know, I bought a project that was an instant rug. Like, I got deceived. I got scammed. I got bamboozled. But, uh, the, the same friend who, who showed me ETH NFTs, he started making fun of Solana. And, and honestly, I, you know, one of the things that made me stay was my competitiveness. Like, I, he started making fun of Solana and Solana NFTs. And I was like, yo, I'll, I'll, don't worry about it. I'll show you. You know, I'll eventually show you. Um, you know, what changed for me, I would say, was finding how happy and how passionate I was about an emerging industry. For, you know, for context, right? 
I spend 15 hours a day on Twitter Spaces, and I'm doing so while smiling. Uh, I, I've hosted epic game shows that I'm still waiting on Frank to like join, but that's all, that's fine. I've lost, you know, 12 pounds on eight weeks NFT fitness challenges. So 12 pounds for a challenge. I even discovered, you know, I was half decent. I'm making poems and all my youth application, like no joke. It's just me doing a backflip off a bridge for a youth application. So, uh, you know, if that ain't passion, I don't know what is. Okay. I love it. Um, and what do you feel has changed the most since you got in the space? So for me, it's the knowledge. So my background was the, the marketing and trading, right? Um, but it's, 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 you know, when you trade forex pairs, indices, commodities, it's so heavily, it's, it's a little bit, it's not volatile like crypto and NFTs, specifically NFTs. Cause you know, as a product, as a project founder yourself, uh, the, the space moves so fast. Like your, your, what may, what your community may want one day, they will want a whole nother thing the other day or, or the next week, or they don't wait quarterly, right? They, they don't wait every three months. They want something every three days. So this space moves at such a fast pace that you gotta like kind of like learn to adapt to the meta. So what I've learned with NFTs is how to market myself better, how to market for other projects better, and obviously okay. how to trade better. Got it. Got it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alan. So guys, I it's 5:30 right now. I gotta get to work pretty soon. Um, so what we're gonna do is just clear out the hands up here. So I'm just, thank you, Alan, appreciate it, and then uh, call it a day. This has been really fun. I'm gonna do this more often just because, like, holy fuck, uh, just hearing everybody's story and just hearing everyone's motivations, it it selfishly helps me as a builder trying to build really cool shit for this space. But also, I think you know, dropping a lot of alpha, learning a lot of cool shit um, throughout this process, not what I'm, I'm used to sometimes from spaces. So really sick. Um, okay, let's go to Smokey, then Josh, um, and then we'll keep going from there. Go, go, go. Yo, Frank. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, got into crypto 2017, was a part of, you know, some some great stuff like BitConnect, got, got destroyed with some things, left, came back 2020, made some money on shit coins, and then found my way to AVAX NFTs, and then got into Solana December, uh, was one of the largest holders of cops game. So that worked out real well. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, that, that was an inspiration for me and a, a partner or a friend to, you know, we saw how poorly managed that project was both with, you know, community engagement and then development. And we're like, fuck this, you know, we're, we're, we're going to try to add some value. We started add, adding value to the community and, uh, we just wanted to kind of continue. So we just, you know, been nose to the grindstone doing stuff and, uh, yeah, you know, now it's gotten a lot more uh, since I got onto Twitter, a lot deeper connections with people and, um, you know, really enjoying spaces and to people. And what do you think has changed the most since you got got into the space? I think um, for you, by the way, specifically, like your perspective or your experience. I think for me is is seeing like how like how much I've enjoyed being in the different communities and like, you know, how different they are, like with the, what like different types of utilities, some, some, some are like branding, some are, you know, just community led, some are like utility projects. So I think, um, I think like really seeing like the personal connections that have been made with people with 
in the space. And then, like, you know, the overall... Has there been one specific personal connection you've made that's been like, oh, shit, this is kind of crazy or this has actually really helped? Mm, you know what? Yeah, I, I would have to say, like, like when I started trying to do a project, like, just seeing, like, how helpful people were. And uh, there's this guy, Mintos, who was really great. And he kind of, like, held my hand through a lot of stuff. And uh, I, I just... I just really enjoyed that and then and then i guess for twitter probably like maybe jet or or chef have been just when you say hold your hand what do you mean so like i i it's like we had a project and i had you know we have i have a great builder like incredible like just a monster right and then but i had no idea how to get attention right so he just like showed me everything that he had learned like like showed me his like lead sheet like everything like how to get people to do it for you like like from start to finish i was like i couldn't believe i was like why wow like thinking at the beginning like oh this is a competition between projects but it's not like we're on the same space you know like and what do you think mintos's motivation was for helping you because i also know mintos he's a super sick guy but did, did yeah like what just so people can understand transparency wise too I, I think honestly, he, his whole deal was that, uh, w- the only way forward is all of us working together. Like we're not in competition. We're all working together, you know, and, and if you do well, then I do well. And then I've started to, to, you know, take that and mentor people, uh, and help them in any way that I can. Yeah. I would like to speak briefly on this. Um, dude, I think that's pretty real and people don't acknowledge it enough. Like for me, I've helped a bunch of projects in my time on Solana and even on ETH as well. And I feel like for me, I, I always feel like we're in a space where this information is so hard to find and we're actually like creating this information and these like insights literally real time every day. So I, I actually enjoy the process of like teaching, helping whenever I do have the time to do it. And it's not necessarily about any financial gain or whatever it is. It's actually just kind of fun sometimes to talk shop with someone that actually cares and is trying to do something cool. So yeah, I think that's actually real and doesn't get talked about enough. It's not always like, you know, these shady advisor deals or like shady things that, that, that lead to people helping each other out in this space. So that's fucking dope. Appreciate you, Smokey. Moving your ass down. You know, I love you though. Um, we're going to keep going through. Okay. We got, uh, I think we said Josh next. And then from there, we'll make a new order. Let's fucking go. Yeah. 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 Let's, uh, thank. Um, so when I first started, I was doing stocks and mm. I, made a lot of money on GameStop, so I moved out of my parents' house to Austin, and uh, one of my family members, I can't go into the specifics, but he saw me day trading one day, and he's like, yo, like, there's something more meaningful you can do to make money and like actually build something instead of just trading numbers up and down. So I started, like, he gave me like a intro to crypto, took about two weeks, went back to the 2008 when the recession happened, and literally, like, highlighted all the main things that went down. And so I hopped in, studied, like, the top 50 tokens at the time and literally dug deep. But I didn't really get into NFTs until about last year in December. And because of him, I was kind of multi-chain, so I got into Solana and ETH. And um, after I did that, you know, I've been studying the space for a while, and my friends messaged me one day and said, hey, we want to make a project on NFT World, so let's go. Yeah, you want to help me out with that? I'm like, sure. Um, just came on board as, like, an advisor slash, like, administrator, doing all the Discord stuff and community building stuff, and 
safety for like thousands of dollars it didn't have it was a very successful net and all that stuff um and i started getting more into salon and nfts because i finally made a twitter and i didn't really care about my following account or didn't a platform at all until i started seeing like you, how like the connections and the things that you can make when you build up that platform like i don't really give a fuck about having a million followers i just want to meet as many people as i can and make those connections yo josh could you tell us a little bit more quickly about because i read your bio it's fucking sick uh just a dude in the nfts helping artists with disabilities tell us more about what that means and like how you're doing that Alright, uh, so I'm actually in the process of doing this right now when I'm working with the foundation in Austin and they have a bunch of people with disabilities. Uh, I've been like standing on the sidelines just watching projects make, you know, the projects I'm like, how the fuck can we like make this happen in real, like in the real world? Like, how can we apply this to like real world problems? And so I'm like, fuck. Well, people donate to charities all the fucking time, but they don't know who the fuck they're donating it to. They don't know where the money's actually going, right? So I'm like, okay, well, if I can get a bunch of people with disabilities to send me their art, turn it into a collection or something like that, maybe I can actually give the money to them, right? And it helps support a foundation that supports them. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. It's really fucked, and it's really it's a lot harder than it seems because, you know, I can't just generate this art, right? They have to make the art, and I have to go through the, the legal legalities and make sure I do it the right way so that the artist doesn't get fucked over, but also the people buying the art that don't get fucked over. So it's it's a long process, you know what I mean? So that's what I'm working on now. I haven't really started going public about it. This is probably the most public I've done about it, but well, yeah. Let's fucking go, man. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you for what you're doing for the space. I appreciate you, man. And I always look forward to seeing you around on Twitter. I'm moving you down right now. Much love, dude. You're the best. Thank you. Um, okay. I think, okay, let me just do this now. So let's go Burden, Jenny, Eugene, Austin, go, go. And then we'll end it off with Liberty, Liberty Square. All right. Whew. Let's, uh, let's go. Awesome. Yo, let's go, Frank. Dude, how, dude, it's actually crazy how I got into it. So, I, like, upcoming to graduation, I had no clue what I was doing, dude. Like, my grades were good, but they weren't insane. Like, they were, like, so, like, mid. Like, the definition of mid. And I was lost, dude. I was like, dude, I don't really want to go into uni. Like, I don't want to go, dude. I don't want to go. And out of nowhere, like, dude, it was the talk of the school. Some kid at our school made $300,000 off NFTs, and he sold out his project. I was like, dude, who? And then I found out who it was, and I, like, spoke to him. And I talked to him and I talked to him at like three different graduation parties. And I was like, dude, like, I am like, I will do this for real. Like, if you help me, like, I'll do this. Like, I'm like, I have, I'm taking a gap year. Like, I will help you do whatever it takes. Right. And it took some convincing because obviously a lot of people went up to him because he'd made so much money in like 12th grade. Like everyone was talking about it. And then he was like, fuck it. Sure. And I was like, hey, let's go with you. Let's fucking go. And then, um, basically now he's like my best fucking friend like i talk to him on a daily basis he introduced me into nfts and um basically what he told me was like dude like your net work is your net worth right like try to connect yourself with people and he was like explaining to me how like twitter has such a big impact in nfts and that like there's a huge scene there 
And growing up, like, my dream was to become famous. Like, that's all. Like, I just want to be famous, dude. I want to go out and be like, no, dude, no pictures, please. Not over here. Nope. Thank you. Yeah, no autographs. Yep. Move on. Um, that's, like, my dream. Like, I just want to be famous. And, like, that kind of sounds selfish, but, like, I just want to be famous so unbelievably bad. But I also want to be rich, not for me, but, like, for my family and my friends. Like, I just need to provide for them. Like, that's, like, my goal. And um, when I came into Twitter, like, Twitter's become a bigger aspect than, like, even NFTs for me. Like, I've just been trying to grow myself here. And, um, like, my bio says, like, soon-to-be influencer. And, like, everyone asks me, like, dude, why is that? Like, why do you have that in your bio? Like, you don't want to be an influencer. And I understand, like, it has a bad rep to it. But, like, dude, when I, when I, if and when, actually, no, when I become an influencer, like, I want to, like, put a good name on it, you know? So when there's a conversation that occurs and everyone's like, oh, dude, fuck influencers. Like, they just pump and dump, you know? Someone else is like, nah, dude, there's good ones. Like, have you heard of Burden? Like, have you heard of Frank? Like, there's good influencers. So that's kind of like, you know, what, what I'm going for right now. No, dude, I, I respect the honesty. I uh, actually, It's actually kind of refreshing to hear. And I, I, I'm rooting for you, man. Um, what do you feel like is, like, do you feel like this approach that you're taking right now is the route, is this, like, is being crypto Twitter famous the kind of famous you want to be? Or is that just like, it doesn't really matter. Um, just like whatever kind of attention. Dude, I'm kind of just trying to learn like how to like captivate an audience, like how to like, like get people to like, look at your name kind of, you know, just kind of learn. That's what I'm trying to do basically, because I, I, I get it. Like, you know, being crypto influencers shouldn't be the um, crazy goal, but like, I'm just trying to see like how far I can make it here and then kind of rebrand into whatever I want to rebrand to, you know? And yeah, that's kind of it, but I don't know. I okay. kind of don't really have an answer cause I don't, I don't know, but I'm just kind of riding the wave right now. Trying to see no, dude, I respect you, man. And then how, remind everyone in the audience, how old are you right now? Uh, I'm 18. Awesome, dude. Well, you're, you're, you're doing a good job, man. Appreciate you, dude. And, uh, yeah, you always make spaces fun and funny, and you take jokes really well, so appreciate that. And, yeah, man, thank you so much, Burden. I'm moving you down. Um, awesome. Okay, I think uh, – I think do you guys remember the order? Somebody's, somebody's next. You do. Yeah. me. Oh, sorry, Jen. Nope, Not somebody, your... somebody goes before me, and then it's, it's me. Let's You're right. Go. Let's go. We got you, fam. Thanks, Go. I appreciate you. Hey, Frank, thanks, everybody, for, uh, for listening to all this. So uh, I'm Jen. Um, so my background, essentially, how I got into NFTs, I've been in, uh, I was in fintech, uh, and I was also in like AAA gaming. I've always been kind of like a high tech person. Um, I was around, you know, I was like alive during dot com boom and like, you know, social media. I just kind of watched it happen, and I, I freaking got really excited when I, I learned about NFTs. I, I initially was a day trader for a couple of years. I just, I actually really loved the psychological component of it and just like studying and, and just seeing the movements of the markets. I got into crypto trading um, just for a short while, and then it was a really short hop from there to Solana last September. And, uh, you know, I'm also a science fiction author on the side. And so that kind of lends itself to, like, a, a love of futurism and just trying to, like, look and see what's going to happen and how all this technology that all these, like, really fucking smart people have invented, but we still don't know how it's going to change our lives yet, how that's, like, being back in, you know, like 1998 or something when, when people were like fucking around with GeoCities and putting scrolling marquees on their websites and like, you know, putting pictures of their cats and nobody knew what the internet was going to be for. Right. And then like, nobody knew what social media was going to like, how it was going to change our lives. So like, I really, I really, really stoked 
you know, I got excited about being in NFTs because I recognize it as the next like major paradigm in tech, the next computing primitive. And I just wanted to see, you know, how I wanted to come along for the ride and see like, how are we going to take this tech and how is it going to solve the problems we don't even know we have yet? And we have to just like, like Frank keeps saying, you know, just keep experimenting, figure out what the, what the hell we're doing and, and figure out how this is going to be like the next big thing in our lives. So. And can you talk, you work in the industry, Ben, and we've obviously talked a lot with Crossman and Desolate, like, uh, what's your experience there, and what do you, um, yeah, like, how, what's it like working at those companies? Yeah, man, um, so I started, I actually work at, so like Frank said, I work at Crossman, uh, you know, we do the, the whole credit card payment, cross-chain payment thing, working with Magic Eden, you hop on there, you can see us there, uh, doing a lot of things there. I got, I jumped from a cushy job at Webflow um, into this startup, this crypto Web3 NFT payment startup. Um, because I did not want to be left behind. I didn't want to say, hey, you know, like in five years, am I going to be d- disappointed if I didn't do this thing? I, the answer is hell yes, I would be disappointed. There's no fucking way I'm not going to do this. I got to see where this goes. You know, I got to ride this train. So the one thing that I've seen so far in just literally the year that I've been in NFTs, which is like like an actual eon, like a literal decade in like real time, right? It's like, it's just fucking crazy how time passes. And uh, one thing that I've seen is is honestly like where we're at, it, where we're at in like the bear market right now is is it's really really obvious is a lot of hype kind of goes in in waves because money is a natural driver for folks but one thing that you'll always see is the people who really believe in the technology and who understand that this is going to be the next great thing and none of us have yet the answer like we're still here we're still building and like i'm actually at a crossman headquarters in miami right now and like Dude, everybody's been working all day. It's a Saturday. Like, we went out last night to dinner, and, like, we had, like, a, a thing come up, and suddenly st- two people produced laptops from the middle of nowhere, took over another table, and just started, like, you know, getting on a call with, like, you know, some VCs and, like, you know, people from Magic Eden, like, all this stuff. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know? And I was telling the new people that, you know, we just hired, and I was like, dude, this is how it is. Like, this is a life. You don't come into this and you're like, oh, this is a nine to five job. What the fuck ever? You know, I'm going to go flip a burger and be done. Like when you're, when you work in NFTs, you, you live it. It is, it is literally a lifestyle. It is, it is something that you opt into and then you just become consumed by it. Because if you really are here to build, like, I don't give a shit about like, you know, what my, my project's floor price is. Like, I love my projects and I love builders and I respect them. But man, you just, you're just here because you want to see the technology. You want to see where we're going to go together. You just, you have that insatiable curiosity. Let's fucking go. Thank you yeah. so much, Dan. Appreciate that. Let's fucking yeah. go. Thank you. You're the best. Love it. Thanks for having And me. I want to say Crossman is amazing, bro. They're bringing people from Web 2 into Web 3 and it is so sick. Let's fucking go. Uh, yeah, big fans of Crossman. You know, you can now buy your ETH and Soul NFTs, both on Magic Eden. Fucking sick. I love it. Okay, I think we had Eugene next, right? Yep. Uh, hey, everybody. My name is Eugene Kappen. I consider myself, or at least I call myself, a social media influencer. Uh, and I started my Web3 journey in 2014, out of all things. Uh, I got out of school uh, with a bachelor's degree in YouTube studies, out of all things. And I was looking for a better way to do immersive storytelling. And that's when I discovered XR. And from that point, I was like, well, if this is where the internet is going to the third generation, I should probably take a look. Yeah, can you not hear me? I can hear you. Okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, uh, 
I discovered XR, and then at this point I was like, well, if I'm looking at the second generation and the third generation, I should probably take Make a look sure at... Make sure you're on mobile, Eugene. Sometimes when I'm on the PC, it doesn't work, man. I'm I'm on <clears throat> mobile. Oh, my God. Um, Austin, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I think you're the one who might be rugging because we can all hear Eugene. Um, oh, I'm maybe... so sorry. I'm so sorry. I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> no, no worries. That. It's all good. It's all Austin, good. Yeah, keep Austin, going. you... Austin, try, you good, bro? <laughs> try, try leaving and coming back into the space, Austin. Just real, like, quit Twitter and then come back. All right, yeah. So, Man, where was I? <laughs> so, you did, I mean, like, what, what was the first NFT that you got into? Uh, so, I actually, so there was a local artist uh, called Enfu, which I really enjoy uh, here in Seattle. And I was like, you know what? His stuff, it's like... It's on ETH. It's like twenty, thirty dollars. You know, I, I literally own this guy's book. I would love to pick, you know, up a couple. So I did. And honestly, I've never traded it, never sold it. You know, it's, it's very near and dear to my heart because that's like, I had been watching this guy since he was working at, uh, at Bungie like years ago working on Halo. And what are you trying to do now in NFTs? Like, what's your bigger goal? Uh, my bigger goal is to keep building virtual worlds, and token-gated content is always an aspect of it. Uh, I've actually been ta- getting on stages and talking about this exact evolution on stages for about eight years. Fuck yeah. Awesome. Yep. Um, awesome, man. Thank you so much for sharing. Appreciate it, Eugene. Absolute legend. Let's go. Um, okay. We got, I think it was Jenny, then Go-Go, and then we'll end it with Liberty. Awesome. I'm bringing Austin back up, too. Hey, Frank, is it my turn? Yes. Oh, hey, hey, hey. So, gentlemen, and uh, Jennifer, which is like one caller before me. But, uh, hey, everyone, uh, happy Saturday, real quick. Uh, I am a uh, Wall Street veteran, serial entrepreneur, 3X founder, self-made millionaire in my early 20s. I'm more of the uh, traditional finance, obviously, because of my Wall Street background. I stumbled into crypto in 2015, so I wasn't one of the OGs at all. Uh, started out nibbling, nibbling in Bitcoin, then further into everything else like Ethereum, Uniswap, Solana, and also Dogecoin. I was selected as one of the top four human accounts to follow by Benzinga, Last year, behind Elon Musk, Mark Cuban, Billy Marcus, which is the creator of Dogecoin, and then there was myself. So that was super dope and super cool. You guys can Google that. And I've been thankful that I haven't been rug at all because I haven't clicking on any strange links online. Uh, but I did get hacked from some of the top U.S. exchanges because I did not hold my cryptos in my co- my co wallet. So those were uh some expensive lessons that I did learn. Now, in terms of NFTs, um I did get into NFTs with everyone probably when NFTs blew up last year, 2021. Uh just a week ago, um you know, around the time when Ethereum the merge happened, I did launch my first 10k one of one NFT IRL collection call 
Vitalik the Goat. Uh, hey, what, um, we're kind of like not chill right now too hard. Sure. I was, so like, um, uh, what, what do you feel like has changed the most since you started your project for yourself and your perspective on NFCs? Yeah, well, I believe now that I've seen, uh, and I'm really behind that, is women in the Web3 space. As uh, all of you gentlemen can see in this space alone, uh, I, when I came in, it was over 800 folks in here. Um, and I'm, I'm for the last, what, 30 minutes at least that I've been on uh, here listening to it, it's only myself and another female, her name was Jennifer, uh, just two of us. And so... Um, that, that's what I, I've learned is basically, um, more women are now getting into the space. Um, not as, most of the women are not as technically savvy as the men. Uh, but, you know, they're learning and obviously I'm one of the ones that would su- support women because obviously I- I'm a veteran. And so I'm, I'm glad to see more women are coming in speaking up and i i do hope for spaces like this that uh you know that they would raise their voice and come up and speak and and get themselves known within the community uh and, and that's how they they grow and uh and i'm i'm blessed for it and uh grateful frank for giving me the uh the time um awesome. today and your thank space. you so much jenny appreciate it you're the best absolute legend let's fucking go okay Austin, let's go back to you. Go, go, Liberty, and then let's call What's it a up? I'm sorry for uh, Eugene, I think it was, that I was rugging. I seriously, I was, like, disconnected or something. I don't know what it was. I couldn't hear him. But, all right, I'm going to give you my whole life story in 15 seconds. You ready? So, I was 18 years old. I was making, like, 120, 130K, like, doing sales at uh, Lifetime Fitness. And I was like, yo, I'm way better than this. I'm going to get out of here. And I started doing e-commerce, which obviously led me to doing Shopify, ClickFunnels, Amazon FBA. So I got super well-versed in the whole like Facebook, Instagram, Google advertisement kind of scheme of things. And then from there, I started making a shitload of money. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing trading. And I started trading options. I started trading stock options. And from there, I was like, I need more volatility. I need more dopamine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need more dopamine. So I moved into crypto trading. Then I started doing like uh, like auto crypto trading and stuff like that where the programs would auto trade for me. I learned Python. I learned JavaScript so I could build a website for me to manage the Python that I uh, put on the back end. And then I eventually moved into Solidity. And that's where I started learning how to build like smart contracts and stuff like that which brought me into the NFT space because most of Solidity, like the basis of learning it is almost learning the smart contracts for the NFT contracts. So I started buying and selling the NFTs. I was doing the mints. I had a bunch of different like websites I was subscribed to that would give me like super in-depth data for the different NFT projects so I could learn it and I could uh, find the stuff that was doing well. I could buy it and try to make money, blah, blah, blah. I made a good bit of money. But obviously, it was during the bull run when everything was going well. Like, you could throw a dart at a dartboard and you'd make money. So it was super easy. But after that, uh, we started heading into, the like, the bear market. And I launched an NFT marketing agency where I, w- I was kind of just helping NFT projects grow and helping them make sales, which is still pretty easy considering – 
This was in like July of last year. So it was a bear market, but we were about to hit into another bull market. So I thought I was like a badass marketer, like, yo, I can sell anything, blah, 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 blah. But we had we headed into another bull market, and then everything was selling, and I thought I was a beast. And then comes the, I'd say like March, April, May of this year, when everything started downtrending again. And that's where my whole agency, like, I, I, I was making super good money through that. But once the bear market started again, it's like we almost had to shift gears. And, Frank, I just want to say you're awesome at hosting this. You're awesome awesome at, like, talking to people and having questions on top of your head ready to go. It's great that you can do that. And so follow-up we've, we, yeah, we've had to start moving into spaces. And now we're in the bear market, and the bear market is really where you – it's not about, like, pushing out random – instagram or facebook ads anymore like you literally have to build a deep like passionate community and that's what i love about it is it's not it's not something that you could just oh blah 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 i'm gonna run a facebook ad to do this it's something you actually have to build a deep passionate community around and that's what makes me so passionate about it is because as long as you have a good project with like a good product behind it all you have to do is build the community there, and then you can keep pushing it. And that's what kind of got me into NFTs Yo, is awesome. pushing into that. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I, fascinating story, and, dude, I'm super hyped. And, yeah, I agree the, about everything you said on the building the community and just having a good project. Moving you down, I'm just, like, going to have to get start working right now, so sorry uh, if I'm cutting people off here. I did mention that in the pin post. Um, go, go. Hit us. What got you in? Why are you like? What changed in your perspective? And then Liberty, better end with some fucking rah rah hoorah. Because yeah, I'm just fading a little bit right now. So let's fucking go 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 for it. Uh, just going to mention, Jenny is correct. There were only two women on the panel. I am not a real woman in Web three. I am AI. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen. My real identity has been revealed. My dev is in the audience. It is IMSO Solana Chris. If you have any complaints, please bring them to him. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, but for real, how I got into um, NFTs is really... Dude, you're so fucking good at that, Gogo. I swear to God. It's actually... <laughs> how I got into NFTs, Francois, my dear Francois, very unconventional as compared to most people. Um, literally Twitter spaces. Like, I came back to Twitter only because Twitter spaces started and I could actually have valuable uh, social interaction through them. Like, I hated Twitter. Twitter threads, tweets, whatever. It was just kind of obnoxious to me. And then I saw that we could actually talk to each other. And I made friends and I... I saw that people were actually hosting spaces about NFTs. And uh, then I thought, oh, my God, it's NFTs are about um, not only the technology that you can carry through them and the real world problems that we can solve, which is what I'm most bullish on, real world problem solving, but also carrying art on those tokens and distributing art and bringing artists real value back through that functionality. And I'm an artist. I I write, I create art, I'm a performance artist, and I thought, I could do this, 
I could put my poetry out there. I could create a project or one of ones and I could I could earn money through this without having to worry about going through the middlemen of publication. And then I realized, wait, I don't want to do this um, without establishing a firm circle of friends first and really learning the ins and outs of blockchain. And then, I, I mean, I'm just such a fucking nerd about it, right? So I made all my friends on Solana first, like, you know, Bryce, you know, Yako, you know, all those people. These were my first friends in Web3 um, a year ago. And then I started branching out into multi-chain, um, seeing what the vibe was like on ETH. Yes, you could make a lot more money on ETH, but it's a lo- it was a lot riskier, too. And people um, gatekept so much more. So, um, you know, my home base has always been Solana. And I feel like the friends I make on Solana are just a lot more longer lasting. And so what's changed since then is that I didn't really uh, focus so much on making bags as just making a really strong network of friends that I know would support me no matter what and that I want to support them, you know, no matter what kind of sentiment is going on in the market, um, because I want to make this a long lasting career. And I want to make this like these, these are people I want to have with me throughout life. Um, that that. I want to go to for advice, not just about the market, but like life advice. These are the people I, these are the kinds of people that I've been meeting and that I, I would like step into traffic for. So no, I love go go, and let me even speak because, yeah. like, we've been in spaces together, and I think this is an unfortunate for some people, but very fortunate reality of this space. I think that some people will complain about, but it's just a fact. Which is, dude, honestly, I feel like most people that end up like with a lot of connect, like the people people complain about. Oh, why do these people have so many connections? These guys are insiders; they know everybody, etc. I think a lot of people that end up being super well networked and know a lot of people and end up doing successful things in the space have a similar story to GoGo. And even like myself to a certain degree where, dude, you just come in, no expectations. You just make friends, fucking laugh with people, have a good time, be a human being, etc. And then like that shit ends up paying off in one way or another that you may or may not have been able to predict. And I just feel like if that's a takeaway as we're getting to the final leg of this, this like basically the last few people, um, like, that's just a huge takeaway to take away from this whole space. A lot of people came up here, and it felt like that was a big through line. But, um, okay, go, go. I'll let you wrap up with answering this question, and then we'll go to Liberty. And I really hope Liberty drank fucking 20 Red Bulls or something just to end this on a bang. Uh, no pressure. But, um, yeah, what, what do you feel is something that y- you see people do wrong often um, in the space? Like, what, what do you just think is, like, something that you don't like to see or, I don't know. Yeah. Clout chase. Clout chase. Use me for clout in specific, like use me for clout, um, like use me as a simp token. Nah, I'm not, I'm not there for it. Like, because you want to, uh, it's just, it's so, it's so transparent. Um, I, I hate it. I hate it. Let's fucking go. Thank you. Go, go moving you down. You're the fucking goat. Appreciate you. All right. Mr. Liberty, what is up? Tell us how you got into NFTs and what has changed. What, what's your perception has changed since you've gotten in? It is fucking Saturday. Let's go. Uh, man, I don't have Red Bulls, but I do have this delicious oat milk, fucking apple spice thing, whatever my wife brought me, and I'll give it my best, man. 
Well, how did I get in? Uh, I got in inbound, right? I, I manage artists and, and creators. A lot of uh, leeches coming after them to create projects. I didn't know shit about it. And we just said no. Uh, at some point, one of my artists said, yeah, but should we just keep saying no or should we figure out what's going on there? And I said, you're probably right. Went on a journey. Uh, that was March of 21. It started by June. was just in, right? All in, all in on blockchain technology as the future. It's a father, two daughters. This is their future to some degree. It may not be the only technology, but it's a, it's a large component of it. So um, for me to learn... You know, I had to go start this fucking project. We started the project. So much has changed, dude, as you know, right? Like every single hour, something's changing. It is the most fascinating thing I've ever done in my life. I'm having the most fun I've ever had in my life. It's the most challenging thing um, in so many ways, if you allow it. What makes it challenging? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so as as a member of the community, take the project out. There's no showing as a member of the community, it's challenging because um, so many of us, myself included at times, see the tree and not the forest. And I want people to zoom out, and I want to be able to try to help them zoom out to see the forest. This isn't about 2022, 2023. It's about 2027, 2029. And I think that that's a huge challenge sociologically and psychologically for me. I think that um, on the other side of it, the challenge is, uh, the emotions that come with my position within our community at this point, uh, within our specific, not Solana at large and not blockchain technology at large, but our specific, um, the onus that I and, and pride that I feel. And um, that's a big challenge. Uh, having uh, had imposter syndrome the majority of my adult life, managing other people's arts, being on the creator and the founder side of something that is perceived to be doing well has a whole set of uh what gets you pissed off liberty <laughs> like what makes you know bro what makes me mad is just keyboard warriors honestly like people who don't do research people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about or have a different point of view but but fail to see that maybe there's a different point of view than theirs it's okay to have differing points of view that's what makes us grow as humans as as projects as an ecosystem but when you're so closed-minded that your way is the only fucking way I, I'm going to go after it every time. And people can come after me about that all day long, but I'm going to do it every fucking time, man. It's, you know, you guys know you get it right. And, and what did somebody say today? Like as for uh, sharks, the ZK shark this morning is like, or price go up, bud go up. Right. And that's part of it. And, and we're here for that. And again, like if you have a problem with a project, our project or any other project, fucking speak your mind for sure. But don't do that based on, a notion or a closed mind. If you have a closed mind and you want to talk shit, you're not adding anything of value and you're looking at the tree. And what makes you, what, what gets you hyped? Like euphoric, like super fucking pumped. Seeing our holders succeed, right? The, the fuckers that bet on us when, you know, for as, yeah, as a project founder, man, you've talked about it. Other projects have talked about it. I get DMs from people who said, I just fucking bought a new car. I just, you know, I'm I'm going to buy a house with this bag. And that's so fucking crazy to me. Uh, it, it's, But it's the best feeling in the world. You give people, you tell them what you're going to do, and then you fucking do it, and they succeed. And there's nothing cooler than that, right? If they decide to bet on us as a project or bet on uh, somebody in the community, an alpha caller, right? If somebody bets on ZK Shark and his call, fuck, and they win, 
holy shit, like that changes people's lives. And that is the power of, of blockchain technology currently, right? Where we're going, so much bigger than that, but that's like the instant grat sort of like double click, see a heart on a screen. I, I like to post instant grat reward. Let's fucking go. All right. I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much, Liberty. You're the fucking goat. Um, all right, guys. This has been a super fun space. I fucking love you guys. My request would be if you had a good time, if you learned something, if you liked one specific speaker, what I would like for the impact of this space and the future ones that we do is get these motherfuckers some recognition. Tweet about them. I'll try my best to retweet as many people that, like, are talking about somebody that came up here in a positive way. And the reason I did this, and I think it went really a lot better than I honestly expected, is that I want to be the best at what I'm doing in terms of running our projects. And I feel like one of the biggest pieces of it in the past and will continue to always be the case is just like fucking listening and learning and understanding more about the people that make this community as awesome as I think this community is. And so this has been awesome and um, appreciate everyone that came up here and actually stayed brief and answered questions and helped make it entertaining for the audience. Um, Fucking beautiful guys. Appreciate you. Love you. And Yes, we're fucking grinding on you. Don't worry. It's going to be fucking worth it. I promise. Um, Love you guys. All right. Peace, peace. Good night.